And so, with the cup held high, me the leave Croke Park, All-Ireland football champions for 1949. Oh, beautiful me, you got all that I need. Dimpsey hits Davin Fee. Anthony Finity comes in and gives him a touch of the elbow. Colin Coyle hitting Finity. This is Colm's first punch. Finity delayed reaction, looks around, sees Martin O'Connell coming in and thinks that the best action is to go down. What a set of matches we've had. Four terrific and memorable games. Final score meets 2-10. Dublin, 15. So Joe McDonough, GA president, presents Sam McGuire to Graham Garrity and meet of the football champions. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another edition of the We Are Mead podcast, um, or We Are Super 8's podcast, I suppose is what we can call it this week. Uh, thanks for the hashtag there from David Rispin, uh, sitting diagonally opposite me. Uh, Kieran Flynn is to my right, and Brian Kelly to my left. Um, great day for Mead lads um, reaching the Super 8's. Um, I suppose if there was three boxes to be ticked this year, Andy McIntyre has ticked all the three boxes. It would have been... Uh, Promotion from Division 2, Leinster final, and um, uh, qualify for Super 8. So um, it's been a massively successful year, it has to be said. Um, what we will do is we will come back to that. What we're going to do is we're going to kick on. We've uh, The lads are mad to maybe go for a pint and whatever and celebrate the qualification for lad, that. They yeah, won the lads, I suppose. Um, well, he's the lads. He's Kieran Flynn. <laughs> mad to go and uh, enjoy his evening and, and, and well deserved um, so on this week's podcast we'll be doing some club hurling we'll be doing some uh, uh, ladies football um, some uh, camogie we'll be doing the mid juniors mid under 20s the mid juniors fixture we'll be reviewing the under 20s and their victory over Offaly and also obviously the big one Mead versus Clare today we'll be reviewing that and uh, doing our regular slot the rating for the players, the ratings for the players. So we're going to start off with the club hurling results and we're going to go to our small ball expert, Mr. Kieran Flynn. Uh, Kieran, uh, senior and intermediate club uh, hurling championship on the last few days and more fixtures to come. Yeah, so the round two of the Uni Flu intermediate hurling and the Ted Murta Trim senior hurling championship was on. Uh, a lot of games still to be played on the Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday this week. But a good few games played already. So firstly, in the Uniflu Intermediate Hurling Round 2 fixture, Clonagale uh, got 120 to Wolf Tones 3-9 in Kilskeer. Then Dumri had 120 to Dunham Ashburn's 2-5. And Gail Cullum Kale at 2-11 to Dundry's 13 points. So uh, in Group A, the Intermediate started to heat up. Clonagale probably setting the pace early. Callum O'Sullivan, who scored a goal, obviously, in the Christian Ring final, is setting great pace there. Dumri, who actually had a lot of lads away on holidays in the first round, are showing great stock. And, of course, Gail Cullen Kill Kells will always be a hard team to beat. Then in the senior hurling, there was only one game played in Group A, and that was actually a thrilling fixture between Kildaki and Rototh in Partholchen on Friday night. A lot of turmoil around that fixture, because when they played in the league, the game never got finished for reasons that are still being discussed. So <laughs> that's been dealt with by you know who, the C to the C to the C to the C. But Kildaki won a thrilling game here, 317 to 120, and there was a lot of hoorahs and roaring and balling at the end in the tunnels, and it was like a World Cup final when Kildaki went into the dressing room. Then in Group B, 
Uh, Blackhall Gales defeated Navan Matinees 115 to 12. And Boars Mill took a heavy defeat to their parish rivals, Trim, 3.22. So I say Trim are definitely setting the pace very, very early in this very early in this championship. And it'd be interesting to see now with Kiltail are playing Longwood tomorrow night in Rathmaline, will they keep their pace going? So, so far the hurling has been thrilling. Let's hope we can keep going. Yeah, I was uh, talking to an Omatnys player yesterday and he was saying that uh, Navina just got a, a good start on them and then it was, or sorry, Black, Blackhall Gales got a good, ha- good start on them and it ended up being point for point after maybe 15 minutes uh, for the rest of the game, a cracking game after that. But uh, Navin and Matneys were never able to uh, reel it in. We're going to move on now anyway and uh, we might go to uh, Brian Kelly, um, the Mead uh, ladies football team. We have a fixture at last for that. We've been looking for this for the last few days and it's only after coming up there now. We do indeed, Mickey. The Mead ladies have a very tough game next Sunday away to Tipperary who are favourites for the All-Ireland Intermediate Championship. It's the Group 2 Round 1 All-Ireland Series match and it throws in at 2 o'clock in Ardfinnan. Ardfinnan is probably regarded by many in Tipperary as the home of football. I think Brendan Cummins, the legendary Tipperary Harlan goalie, played his club football with them. So it's an area steeped in football and it's sure to be a tough test for the team. Absolutely, and uh, we wish the ladies all the best um, after suffering at the hands of Wexford in the uh, Leinster Intermediate Final. Uh, we're going to move on now, and I think we have um, the Camogues were in action today as well, Kieran Flynn. Yeah, so uh, unfortunately that game was actually on in Paratolton today. We couldn't attend, obviously, because the football was on in Port Leach. But I just got, a, I got talking to some of their colleagues in the Mead Chronicle, and they're basically they told us it was a fairly, fairly convincing victory for Waterford. It was 5-9 to 11 points. It uh, looked like only really the hard-working Mead team just really couldn't get scores on the board. And they were relying on probably the Jane Dolan freeze like they have for so long. They were missing a few players today as well, though. Yeah, there was a wedding down the country. I saw a lot, a lot of Instagram stories and posts and that were celebrating the wedding as opposed to celebrating the game of hurling. But sure, that's what we have. Well, they still play hurling, just call it different names. They do, just confuse everyone. Because <laughs> the Camogie used to be they used to play with 13 aside and it was totally different rules. Like so, I remember they actually said that in the Sunday game with the Ireland final last year. They should change the name to Ladies Hurling. I don't know if that's what people think about that, but a lot of the head honchos want to do that. Oh, yeah, there we go. Uh, there's there's a, a, a big statement there <laughs> from Kieran Flynn. Would that not be sexist to call it ladies hurling? Well, Should not be just called hurling? I don't well, think you're allowed to um, well, be gender specific or anything like that anymore. Like when you're well, this was the this was Dublin, not the Pacific, but I'm only cutting you. <laughs> no, this is on the, the Pacific. Yeah, that's what <laughs> well, I did. Yeah, say yeah, Pacific. I know. I've only, but yeah, that was just this was on the Sunday game. Now the other in final, it was the three ladies who were sorry, the four ladies who were doing the, the presentation suggested it. It was one of the core curlers actually suggested it. So I don't know. It's up to themselves. They can call it whatever they want. Still, it's hurling. They play hurling the game. So. <laughs> well, uh, we do hope that they can bounce back from that. They were showing great promise. Um, the, and great resolve in that senior hurling, ch- uh, senior camogie championship. Um, it's a very high level senior. Like really, really high level, and, and and they were they were holding their own. They were just weren't getting the results, and that's a heavy defeat to take today. But uh, we do wish them the best going forward. We're going to move on now, and uh, we have a fixture as well. The Mead Juniors, um, who beat Kildare in the Leinster final a couple of weeks ago, have their fixture now confirmed. Brian Kelly, um, uh, Brian Kelly, the 
the Mead Juniors, the fixture against Galway. Yeah, there was a bit of confusion during the week. Um, the game was originally meant to be this weekend. Then it got put back to half two next Saturday. And now it's at one o'clock next Saturday. The reason it got changed from half two to one o'clock is the GEA have seen sense and played the Roscommon ladies match in their Ireland series before the Roscommon men and the Super 8s, which is great to see. It's bit been a bit awkward for the team and management with the game being constantly chopping and changing in terms of getting plans and sorting everything around and even cause difficulties for the CCC having to change league finals, which are meant for next Saturday, now having to call them off. Very unfair, I suppose, on club players that that's had to happen, but it's a problem caused by Crow Park rather than me, GAA, and it's most unsatisfactory, but what can you do? Yeah, absolutely. David, I suppose, looking at this game, looking forward to this game, Davy Nelson and his charges um, after a convincing win over Kildare, you know, they'll be hoping to go one step further and beat Galway and get to the All-Ireland final. Yeah, I think Galway always have um, have a strong, you know, panel or team in, in junior football and that, but so do me. Then I think this year is, has been brilliant for them to get that win in Leinster. is going to be huge. And again, as Davey said the last day, you know, after the game, it was all about kind of, um, you know, getting more time as, as a group to, to train. And I know they had a challenge match, I think, Friday night against Summerhill. Didn't hear how it went or anything, but... The, the more games they get as a team, the, the more they can actually progress yeah. and develop. Um, I think they'll come on a lot for the Kildare game because it was just really stern test, as, as was the Loud game, you know, the first day out. But and it looks like whoever wins will be playing Kerry. Kerry played yeah. the Scottish, uh, Scottish champions or play Scotland. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, uh, I don't know. It, yeah, it's, it's like Braveheart. <laughs> you know, the, yeah. it's mad. But uh, that probably would have been the draw to get yeah, it. Brian Kelly just saying there that uh, Kerry beat uh, Scotland. So it wouldn't yeah. be Kerry in the yeah. final. Kieran Flynn's coming in. Yeah, but it's always interesting when you look at the junior. So Galway, since 2018, they, they now play a format of senior with four groups of five. So their players only come from their 21st best club and lower. In Mead, obviously, we have 18 clubs. So it comes from our 19th or so best club and lower. But in Kerry, they only have eight clubs playing the senior football so they take from their ninth best club and lower so it's always been a weighted competition in regards Kerry definitely you could debate have nearly a 10 club advantage and obviously the standard of their football is quite high anyway so it's interesting maybe they talk about different things this competition probably needs to be looked at maybe regards Kerry's dominance because mm-hmm. they do have a it is an un an unfair play but, uh, and, and to be fair like and it's a stance that kind of the, the management that the me juniors have taken kind of this year and in the last couple of years was to you know pick more of a younger um panel to be fair most the, the vast majority i don't think there's any of the lads maybe in their 30s they're all they're all in their 20s and that's what we spoke about i'm sure there is guys good enough in their you, you know early 30s to be playing with the me juniors but it's probably a view to maybe progressing them to play senior football with me in the next couple of years and i think that probably is the the difference between ourselves and maybe Kildare with johnny Doyle the last day although the mm-hmm. rest of their team is kind of young Everyone in Mead is, is kind of young, and there's probably that that view that a lot of these lads can go on, like Ben Brennan has, for example. He's the prime example, and, he, and, and Banty played Mead juniors as well. Like so, there, I'd be surprised if if you're not seeing another couple of the the junior team from this year getting starts for with, with the Mead seniors next year. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, and it's uh, we wish them all the best. Uh, the they have a tough test, all right, in, in the fact that the game was supposed to be this weekend and it was switched and the time is switched and the whole lot, but the game is fixed now, as we said, and it's going to be in Dr. Hyde Park next Saturday at 1pm and they're taking on Galway and we wish them 
all the best. We're going to move on now to the Mead under-20s. So last Tuesday, the Mead under-20s uh, took on Offaly in the Leinster quarter-final of the under-20s uh, championship. And uh, we spoke with this on last week's podcast, lads. It was odd to see me going in as underdogs against an Offaly team at underage level. But um, there was obviously weight behind that and whatever. But Mead came out and uh, gave them the fill of it. And I suppose the goal by Keen McBride was the difference in the end. It was one twelve to Mead, um, 12 points to Offaly. And David Rispin, we'll go to you first. It was a, it was a gutsy performance by this Mead team. A lot of scrambling in the box towards the end. A lot of long balls going into the square mm. from Offaly. But Mead dealt with it brilliantly. Yeah, they did, in, in fairness to them. Really seen the game out well. It was a it was a thrilling game. We spoke about it just off air there. It was a, it was a fantastic game from start to finish, really. And Mead got a flying start, as you mentioned, with, with Keane getting that goal early on. And, you know, it was a typical kind of goal. He just drifts in, sort of the same as Crouchy would for Simonstown. And just got up highest and, and finished the net well. And, and we had won one after a minute. And... It, you know, Offaly came out then and, and started playing and really dominated the first half, it have to be said. We did marginally go in front at half-time, but uh, Offaly probably would have been full value for a half-time lead had their shooting been a little bit more accurate. But uh, the Mead boys came out and started the second half a more much better, more free-flowing, fluent football. Liam Burden was outstanding with a couple of serious frees and Dahi McGowan from Retote. We mentioned it last week when we named the team, you know, with the, the height in and around the midfield, like the four guys now... Keen Swain was probably a little bit below his best last week, but the other three guys stood up and were very good. And it's great to have that them sort of options that in, if one guy doesn't perform to the standard he normally does, to have three other lads who are of similar stature who can who can do that. And this week, like it could be Keen Swain having having a serious game, and one of the other guys mightn't have. But we we mentioned it too. Aaron Lynch, for example, you know he's been in such great form, club and county and and school even this year. And he wasn't he wasn't selected to start, such as the standard we have in that forward line, mm-hmm. which is just unbelievable. And they all played really well. And what I liked about it was that it was it was it was a, it was an open game of football. Offaly went out to to win the game through playing open football, as did we. And it really added to the spectacle. A spectacle, big crowd in there. You know, during the during the week in Nav, and it's a really good. Um, really good. I I love the venue in Navan on a you know a, an underage game. And there was a huge Offaly crowd there. And I actually sat with one of the lads from our club is um is an Offaly man. He he came into the game and he was really getting into it, you know, and uh it was a stern examination and I suppose the odds reflected that. I think we went off marginal favourites, nearly like a horse race. The money kinda came for us late on and, and we justified that by, you know, clinging on to a victory. But uh Kieran it Flynn, was tough. Kieran Flynn, did you uh, did you lump on me just before the game? <laughs> no, we don't. We don't talk about betting. That's a, leave that to the punters down the bookies. We talk about football and hurling. No, but I thought it was uh, hurling. Thanks. It's football time now. No, I'll work it in. I just worked it in. Thanks. But it's it's kind of a bit of a juxtaposition to the minor game. Like awfully come up to Paratals in the last time with a very negative approach and went to defend and take maybe maybe like kind of a cheap shot and get out of there. But in fairness, awfully and me, they really attacked. And it was a it was a real kind of uh, an open match as David said, but it was relying on actual people scoring, like even Mitchell in the corner, Dahi McGowan got three points, like they were really good shooting, like and even at times like Jordy Morris and some of the lads who we, we'd always say are great shooters, they actually might let you down. So like what what Davy said was very interesting that the squad is there and I think there's lads who are gonna come into the twenty four maybe who are new, we don't know yet, but we're speculating 
And I'd say they could, if they get a chance to start, they'd be ferocious trying to get a score. So mm-hmm. it puts the likes of Jordy Morris under pressure to actually go now the next day against Leash and get three or four points, which I think is wonderful. Like. Wonderful. Um, uh, th- thanks, Kieran. Um, <laughs> uh, Brian Kelly, um, I suppose looking at this, uh, this is a great opportunity for Barry Callan and his management team to get to a Leicester final. They now take on Leash in a semi final in Port Leash tomorrow night. Yeah, it's an outstanding opportunity. Like Leash are clearly a good team. They've beaten Kildare, they beat Westmead last week. They have two games under the belt. We have won. It's in their home yard. But this Mead team is going to travel in a huge confidence. They know themselves that they probably played at 60-70% of their capabilities last week, certainly in attack. Defensively, they're outstanding. But when you're reintegrating fellas who've been injured and doing exams, it's an attack really where that fluidity can be short. That game last week, it's as good as 10 training sessions for them. It'll bring them on a ton. And when you look at it with the likes of Conor Frayne not talking out last week, will he be back in the mi- in the melting pot for selection this week? You'd hope he might be. He's a huge talent, as we've mentioned here before. Like That just adds to your depth. And when you look around, there's one, one skill in the game which Liam Bourne showed last week, which you don't see that often anymore, is outfield players putting the ball down from 40, 50, 55 metres out and driving it over the bar. His ability to kick long-range points off the ground from freeze is a huge weapon in any team because suddenly that, that normally the distance teams are reluctant to foul is from 35 metres in. But with this Mead team now, teams have to bear in mind 45, 50 metres. Liam Bourne is well able to put them over the bar and that's a huge addition to any team to have. Yeah, well, we're, what we'll do now is we'll just... Go to uh, an interview that David Rispin got with Barry Callahan after the game. If you'd like to advertise on the We Are Mead podcast, please get in contact with us by emailing wearemead at gmail.com or contact Damien on 085-1127-089. The We Are Mead podcast, because it matters more. Delighted to be joined by Mead under-20 manager Barry, Barry Callahan after a nail-biting win. Barry, uh, great to get the win, but a, a stern test. Stern test. Look, that's what championship is all about. Uh, nothing less than we expected. Uh, we had done a little bit of homework and awfully and knew they were going to be a massive test, massive yeah. challenge. Um, they scored 322 in their last match. You don't do that no matter who you're playing uh, if you're not a very, very good team. Sure. So uh, we're delighted, delighted, delighted with the challenge. It was a great battle and really delighted to come out on top in that battle. Yeah, brilliant. And I suppose just from the start, you had a great start, your goal and a point in the opening couple of minutes, and then Offaly kind of found their way into the game, and it was a little bit tough for me to kind of get, get a hold of the ball. Great, great. Yeah, we had a great start. Uh, in, in hindsight, we probably would like to build in a bit more, but mm. you're, going to be, you're going to concede scores, you're going to get scores at different times of the game. So the important thing is after 63 or 4 minutes, you have more scores on the board in the opposition, sure. so whenever you get them, it's really irrelevant. And I suppose the goal from Keane McBride in the first minute, it, it looked as if it was a training ground sort of routine. Was there any sort of uh, planning behind it? Or, or? Don't, don't think so. Maybe the boys are doing a little bit before or after training yeah. when I'm not there. Yeah, uh, yeah, 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 possibly. Yeah, they're not telling me. <laughs> Whatever they're doing anyway, it's working, so we won't stop them. Yeah, yeah. and um, just in terms of some of the performances, there was some of the big lads stood up, uh, Dahi McGowan. Their second half kicked a few great scores and, and Liam yeah. Byrne as well, a couple of dead balls. Yeah, look, we had a, I wouldn't like to single because a team mm. game with 15 lads on the pitch at any one time there tonight, I think we might use 20 players. We had 24 panel, we had six guys that didn't make that 24 and those six guys are really, really top-class footballers and are as much part of this win as anybody else. So certainly it was a real 
game that it was a team performance there stood out rather than any one individual. Perfect. And defensively, I suppose, in the last few minutes, you must be pleased by how your your defence and, and everyone really stood yeah, up to Yeah, and the f- defence defense is 1-15. to 15. When we happen to mm. ball, we're all defenders. And, and these guys get that and they realise that and, and they work hard at it. And, yeah, we, we knew Alfie were a very, very good attacking team. And uh, I think we defended pretty well. We're happy with our defence, yeah. And just in terms of the crowd here this evening, Barry, I know midweek game in Avon, it's, it's always a bit special, you know, summer evenings and that. But there's something great going on in Mead football. The juniors doing well, the seniors obviously doing well. And now, yeah. you know, the, the under-20s. Um, yeah. But it's great to see a Mead crowd coming out. It's great, it's great, it's great. And um, I think the Mead supporters, they can be tough supporters. But I think when they see the display like tonight, Mead supporters love genuine battling qualities mm. and I think our guys really display that tonight and I think if you do that as a mid footballer the support will, will, will follow sure. you know and that's what our guys try to do tonight and they try to do every time they go out there and uh, I'm delighted for them it was good support here didn't really notice had enough going on out in the match to see how many supporters were here but uh, good to hear there was good support here for the lads yeah. and just finally Barry it's I know the other game went extra time it's probably looking like Leash at this stage uh, Tuesday week I think Yep. Yeah, next Tuesday, this night week. Yeah, uh, this night week. Yeah, it, it's a great competition, really. Mm. You know, you're playing uh, week on week. Once you stay in, if you if you if you have one slip up, you're gone. Um, but that's the nature of championship. And I think championship should be that way. Mm. But uh, yeah, we we're looking forward to enjoying this win tonight. And tomorrow we'll start to focus on leash, and we'll also be mainly focusing on ourselves for the next five to six days, getting our recovery in, and trying to maximise our performance next Tuesday night. So that was Barry Callahan talking to yourself, David, after the game. And I suppose, um, like one of the things that we spoke about on last week's podcast was that you know we need this mid team, senior team, to be going well to inspire these younger teams, the under twenties, the minors, and the whole lot. By me getting to the Super 8s today, that has to be a massive boost for that under-20s team going out to play tomorrow night in the Leinster semi-final, knowing that, you know, the, the, the Mead football is on the up again. We're going into the Super 8s, we're going into Division 1 next year. These lads are 19, 20 years of age. They're, they're being primed for senior football. That has to be a massive carrot to dangle in front of them players going into a Leinster semi-final at under-20 level tomorrow night. Sure. Uh, Tuesday night, I think, isn't it? Oh, sorry, Tuesday yeah, night. Yeah. Yeah. Well, when people hear this, yeah, it'll be Monday. Probably. <laughs> and uh, to, be fair, to be fair to Barry, that's, he mentioned that in the interview, you know, how much of a kind of feel-good factor there is around Mead football in general. I, I, you know, I mentioned it to him about the 20s, obviously, the Mead juniors. And at the time, we were kind of speculating that the Mead seniors would hopefully do the job today, which they have done. Yeah. And he says it's fantastic. And he says, he, you know, he mentioned the kind of begrudgers and the, you know, it's, it's well documented and you'll hear it in interviews later on. It's the same. But he, he says that the Mead fans are fantastic. Like, and, you know, we mentioned they came out in their numbers um, for the 20s and, and the same again today. And it makes a huge difference to him. He, he says he didn't really notice them because he was so focused on what was going on in the pitch. But he says it 100%, you know, helped towards the end and something that Colin Nally mentioned as well today was that every young player in the county you'll hear that in his interview later on is getting an opportunity now so if you're a young player playing with the 20s as you say if you're performing well with the 20s and with your club you're going to get the opportunity the the prime examples are James Conlon Thomas yeah, McGovern absolutely. Uh, Ethan Devine Shane Walsh Shane Walsh today Shane making his championship debut like in a, in a, in a round four qualifier senior debut yeah, exactly yeah, yeah. so 
that, that's it, it you know it, mead football is in a good place and particularly the underage football which has made huge strides in recent years with the 17s as the lads will know more than anyone and and the 20s now and hopefully as you said they can they can do the job on Tuesday night and get to a Leinster final yeah absolutely and we wish Barry Callan the players all the best and um, before we do go on um, we do have another interview that David Rispin did with uh, Keen McBride Thrilled to be joined now by Keane McBride um, after the under-20s brilliant win tonight in Navin against uh, Offaly. Keane, superb win in the end. It was uh, all hands to the pump late on though, hanging on. Oh, it was. Like, we just had to... We kept holding them out and holding them out. And in the end, I was glad we held them out, you know, because we deserved the win. The way we started, mm. the way we kept going, we were resilient the whole way through. We just could have tagged on a couple of scores near the end and we just... We just held them out, thanks be to God. Yeah, brilliant. And I suppose the start you had, I spoke to Barry and, you know, a goal and a point after a minute, yourself popping up with the goal, as you promised me uh, last night. We were, we were having a quick chat before the game. It looked as if there was a, a little bit of work done on the training ground with the, the way the move panned out. Barry says he's not sure was there, unless you, you boys were doing a little bit extra, but maybe you'll, you'll clarify it. I know, like, you know, it's just, it's kind of my little sneaky run, just... Yeah keep going and going and going and hopefully someone will look up for that ball and thanks be to God Matt looked up and I was on the end of it you know and I suppose after that we we didn't really kick on and awfully to their credit you know came back into the game and, and tagged on a few scores and made life real difficult coming up to half time for us yeah it was nervy enough now like we hit our purple patch straight away we got tagged on a couple of scores settled down and then off hit their purple patch and we probably could have done a little bit more mm. to keep our scoring side up but look we held them out enough and we went in and I'm pretty sure we went in at half time with the yeah. lead so we just kept kept them away like you know Barry spoke about the uh, the work ethic from 1 to 15 he's not singling out players or anything like that and, and, and the subs that came on obviously as well mm. there's a really strong panel there even you look at the lads that weren't even part of the match day squad today mm. that must be extremely encouraging for the likes of you guys you know trying to keep your place and Lads pushing you in training and that. Yeah, exactly. In training, like it's it's you're fighting for your spot every single day. Like mm. if you have a bad training session, you want to have a good one the next day because there's that many good lads on the sideline that would be coming in and stealing your spot. Yeah, no problem at all. Like you know. And uh, yeah, just the boys boys uh, giving you a few comments coming back. Oh look, sure. what can you do? <laughs> it is what, what it is. Um, and I suppose just ahead of the next day, uh, you're looking at probably Leash in the semi-final. Yeah, I think um, so. Thoughts on that? Yeah. yeah, you probably wouldn't know a whole pile about them, or wouldn't know a lot about them. But look, it is what it is. You just have to set your sights. Yeah. Now you have seven days to turn it around and yeah. get going. All the best. Get the get the body right, Keen, and we'll go again next Cheers. week. Thank you, Thanks a million. Cheers. So, uh, Kieran uh, Flynn, I suppose listening to Young McBride there, he's tired uh, after that game. He he ran himself into the ground. Um, David alluded to the goal earlier on and asking uh, asking the manager um, Barry Gallen whether it was something that was uh, was pre uh, meditated or whatever. Keane was given nothing away there anyway. That's for sure. That's probably part of the new playbook for the Bormian Gales Parish Gales coming up too. Because like yeah, yeah. I think David alluded to talking to him on the Monday night. Probably at a, a meeting about the amalgamation, but <laughs> we won't dwell on that. Because uh, kind of Keane kind of kind of Keane's a good talker and he's an interesting man to listen to. And, he was talking about like he used the word sneaky run. You kind of like I don't see how sneaky a fella could be at that size. You could see him coming from down the town, like. But uh, but that's probably why Matt Costello 
his uh, minor captain from last year actually kicked the ball into him. So it'd be an easy enough target to hit, like the size of a size of a tower. Like, but Keane did did the hard running. He got there. Matt Costello picked him out. Keane got the goal, and that's the kind of endeavour you need early on. Take a chance, like roll the dice, and you never know what you could do if you get up there. Like, but, but that's interesting. Just when you say about Matt Costello and Keane, and the two of them were the seventeens last year, there was probably that nearly telepathic understanding between the two of them. Like, yeah. there, there's not many of that under seventeen team on this the twenty team. There's the two lads and. Mitchell and that starting and Cottle Hickey. So Matt Costello would have been out there midfield, and I'm sure he found Keane se- several times last year. So the understanding's there, and it's great to see that you know celebrity and transpired that. Just yeah. as you mentioned, the Bohemian Gales amalgamation, um, you know, the three men involved in it. You could have, you know, David Rispin, you could have Keane McBride, obviously, from St. Dalton's moving across, and then sure, Barry Callan could be the manager of it, so he could yeah. as well. You know, bringing Dundry in there as well, like in the Bohemian Games. That's really going back, St. Cuthbert's now back when Dundry played with them in the 90s. Oh, I know, that's I, a real, a real amalgamation oh, I know, of powers. I, I, I know all about it. But um, ah, look, uh, well done to Barry Callan and the under 20s. We wish them all the best going into uh, their uh, Leinster semi final against Leach in Port Leash. It's this Tuesday. Um, at 7.30 in Port Leash and uh, if you're about get down to that give this team all the support you can and I know that they're going to be on a high after the result in um, in uh, Port Leash today where Mead got over Clare Brian Kelly wants to come in for a yeah, minute it was actually it was great to see the team travel down as a unit today to get behind the senior team and it's great to see that support that's there from senior to junior to under 20 and back again to see the, the different mid teams get fully rowing in behind each other and it just shows the unity that's there they're training alongside each other in Dungani during the week and it just that will be invaluable as they progress onto the senior panel in time to come absolutely it's uh, that's these are the things that you need in place and, and, and the teams need to be following each other and they need to be training beside each other so that if they do get a call in that it's not completely new to them but they do know that it's a step up and you're trying to get to that level all the time absolutely brilliant we do wish Barry Callan and all the lads the best of luck on Tuesday night in Port Leash and what, wouldn't it be great if we could get to a, a Leinster final with our under 20s as well as our juniors and seniors we're going to move on now to round 4 of the qualifiers or the Super 8 qualifier as I was uh, calling it the last few weeks and it was me taking on Claire. it was in Port Leash that was today at 2 p.m. and uh, Mead came away victorious and as we said at the start of the show it's three boxes ticked for Andy McEntee this year it's uh, promotion from division two it's Leinster final and it is super eights ticked Um, a wonderful year we're into bonus territory now Um, and the thing about it is is that the experience is going to be so invaluable to these players and to this team that you, you actually could not pay for the experience that they're going to gain from this Kieran Flynn um, and I spoke last week about it as well this could literally like change beat football overnight absolutely because the majority of the panel would have played maybe with Mikko on that and, and they would have failed at the round four qualifier not in the past we never really got past that stage so like all Ireland quarterfinals are not something that a lot of the players would be aware of some lads have got there but the majority of the panel haven't got there so yeah so so you're talking this is unknown territory especially Super 8 it's only been the second year of the experiment so this is really like you said it's Newfoundland and the the Mead footballers will be just hopefully basking it and soaking it in and they'll be hoping to really go for it 
And I think, like any of the meat footballers now, like they really must be like jumping at the bit. Like they really are going for it. Like I think it's something that the meat players are just going to have to revel. Take all these big venues, like going to Baddy Buffet, Crow Park, and then coming to Partholz on the last day, and just go for it and don't even the mind. Because like it could, a lot of people will naysay, if we don't qualify, they'll naysay saying we've accomplished nothing. But you've ticked the boxes there. You've three major targets that any team in Ireland would be delighted to do. Yeah. Promotion to and Division 1, uh, Provincial Final and the, the quarter-final of the All-Ireland. And as I said to you, it's, it's bonus territory now. This is bonus territory. But going forward in the, in the coming years, this team, what it's going to do for this team is amazing. And it's like starting the Division 1 league now. Do we have to kind of yeah. think of a start of the Division 1 we'll, league We're getting now. a head start on Division 1, so we are for, for next year. And the lads will know where they need to be when they go into Division 1 next year. Brian Kelly, I suppose, um, like, when you consider what all the naysayers, as, 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 as uh, Kieran calls them, or all, all the, the keyboard warriors that came out against Mead after the, the uh, Dublin game, which, again, we think was very, very unfair. We thought they played really well, but their forwards didn't click or their scoring boots didn't click. Um, so Yeah, they did indeed. Like, nobody w- it's easy for keyboard warriors to criticise them, but in reality, nobody was hurting more after the Leinster final than the players and management. Because they've, they're the ones putting in the hard work since last November, December, four or five nights a week in Dungani. Like, you don't do that to go out and only score four points in a game. They went out to win that Leinster final. Okay, it was always going to be a tough task. But they played really well. They just, the forwards misfired on the day. And these things happen in sport. Like, we've seen other results over the weekend. Teams struggling to put up scores. Like, these things happen in life. And you just have to get on with it and move on. They regrouped. They licked their wounds for a night or two. They got back together training. And then after the Leinster final, they probably got a boost when they seen the draw coming out because it could have been, it could have been worse. Like most people said, you don't want Tyrone because Tyrone are flying. We all saw what Tyrone did yesterday. Mayo, we're going to face Mayo in the Super Eights. Like they would have been a tough draw this weekend. So were Clare, but we had the confidence of beating Clare three times in the last three seasons. That's a huge boost to a team when you get drawn against somebody in the qualifiers. Four times in the last three seasons. Well, you had the boost prior to today. (laughs) So, like, that was a huge... They would have gone into training during the week with a pep and their step after that draw. It all adds to it. And then they got a chance today. And I think Kieran had a stat with wides over the course of the game. They kicked very few wides. That just shows they righted the wrongs in the last day. Yeah, and, um, and that would have had a lot to do with, I suppose, the coach, Colin Nally, would have worked very hard on that for the last uh, uh, couple of weeks. And uh, it seems like a right time to bring in an interview that David Rispin got with Colin Nally straight away after the game today. If you'd like to advertise on the We Are Mead podcast, please get in contact with us by emailing wearemead at gmail.com or contact Damien on 085-1127-089. The We Are Me podcast, because it matters more. Delight to be joined by Colm Nally now. Um, Colm, um, tremendous game. <laughs> heart pumping, heart stopping stuff nearly towards the end, but we got there in the end. Well, it was a proper championship match. Like, if you were, um, like, it was shit or bust, you know, whoever yeah. lost, that's gone. And we all know the prize on offer, but that brings its own sort of pressures. And you, you have to just give massive credit to the Mead players because, like I mean, as we spoke, 
um, until the first 50-50 challenge there, we did not know how the lads were going to be um, mm. mentally. Like, I mean, we addressed everything. We thought they were going to be ready, but you still don't know. And by God, with that last five or ten minutes, with that onslaught from Clare, uh, or from Clare it, it showed that they were ready for it and the resilience and the grit was back there. And that'll stand to them. Brilliant. And Colin, was it tough? You know, you were obviously heavily involved in, in the process of trying to lift the lads and that. Was it a difficult thing to do? Did it, did it take a few days the first week and then kind of when the draw was made, was it back to normal? Or, no. as you said, was it just going into the unknown? Well, I tell you, um, uh, we, we met on the Monday night in Bettystown Beach for recovery after and um, everybody was there to achieve. So that was the start. That was the first, first um, kind of, you know, show of strength. The team said, no, do you know what, we're going to get this right. And they're not stupid, fellas. Um, Again, the analogy that was used for me best was that um, against Dublin, our putting was bad. If you put a golf analogy, we were excellent up to the green and our putting was bad. So we knew we'd loads to work it, and that's true, but they knew that themselves. You weren't trying to sell them a dud, you were trying to say to them, listen, we reinforce what we're doing well, and we try to work on what we didn't do so good. And that's what we based the last two weeks training on. And um, you can see out there that I thought some runs were really good. I thought fellas were trying to put in place what we did in training. And, you know, and that was a good tip of the hat to everybody. We knew that we, you know, we have to improve certain areas. And that's where you go. Like you take a match for match. Uh, you know, there's no point in putting your head in the sand and saying, oh, it'll come good. You have to work on it. And every single one of them were available to work you know they were mad to put it right and it's a credit to each and every one of them and it's a credit to Andy and all the managers that they have that environment that the lads want to play in and learn and yeah. it's a good environment to be in at the minute and Colin for yourself I know it's your first year you know in, in and around the setup and that how are you finding it? I know a lot's been made you know you're you're getting plaudits and that the lads can't speak highly enough of you um, within the group and that how for you are you finding that working with the me team oh, I'm loving loving every minute of it see you're playing with players who want to play you're playing with quality players who want to play and like I love coaching I'm not so good I'm not so sure I like the management um, I'd sit down and talk to anyone for hours about coaching and improving left foot and right foot and this and that and the other but yeah. I don't really want to sit with them and listen to their problems and I don't be that in a disrespectful way yeah, yeah. so it's brilliant like I have a job to do and we have a great management team we um, communicate regularly we have regular meetings um, you have Jerry and Fino and Don would say let's do more of this or less of that and he would kind of chip in and say we need to do this and that and I draft it up send it to them we okay it and that's the way it works so everybody has a massive input in training even though it's me that's doing the shouting but it's everybody the lads know exactly what we're doing so that allows them to coach one on one if you know what I mean like Donald can be running with the, in the forwards Finn with the defenders or vice versa and, you know, and Jerry having a word in the air based on the session we're doing you know, and that's because everyone knows in advance what we're doing it's the modern way it's the correct way but as I said to you um, there's five people that have um, five people that have an input in the training Okay, it's just me that's doing the shouting and setting the cones out. <laughs> Someone has to do it. Yes, yeah, it is, yeah. <laughs> um, in terms of the progress that's been made, I know Andy's kind of made it quite clear that there was three goals from the start of the year, promotion, Leinster final mm. and Super 8. Them three have been achieved now. Um, I suppose Super 8 was obviously the big one from the start of the year, but how, how much of a relief and you know importance is it for me to be playing Super 8, going into Division 1 football next year? Well, I think, I think it's massive. and I, I think what you get from the Super 8 is this. Uh, you get massive learning opportunities as management, as players, as a county. You get lots of ma- um, sort of um, learning opportunities. You're going to be playing um, some of the best teams around. You're going to have a fantastic um, home match against Kerry, mm. um, a game at Crow Park against Mayo, and next week against Bally Buffet, or against Donegal and Bally Buffet. Like, this is fantastic stuff. We're going to be asked serious questions. And we'll take them individually and um, we'll prepare individually for them, right? But the improvement that you can get from this will be massive. Yeah. You know, and we, like, I mean, it'll, it'll, it, you know, you're talking about building blocks. It'll give them a great chance. It gives a great chance for next year in Division yeah. One. It'll give you a great chance to move 
going on, you know, especially the younger players, they'll, they'll have a good, you know, yeah, you yeah. know, close-up look of what you have to be to be at this level, to be in the quarter-final of an All-Ireland, yeah. which is amazing, you know. You touched on um, Donegal, and we're going to play them now for the third time this mm. year already, which is incredible. There's been very little in the two games before, really. Yes. Lick of a coin could have went either way. What do Mead have to do to get the better of them? Is it literally just a little bit of luck on the day, or is it? Do we have to do a little uh, bit more than that? We don't. We don't believe in luck, you know. Um, like it's all. It comes down to hard work. And what we need to do is we need to um, get in there, reassess the dressing room, get the bodies right. And we probably only get we have to train once this week. Yeah. You know, because there's a quick turnaround. But like we'll have to really tactically prepare for them and what they bring. Mm. Like Patrick McVerty's back playing now at the minute, and he didn't play the previous two matches against us. So that's going to ask us different questions. But again. Um, we've got, got good defenders please God who'll be able to learn from that and, and pick up something from that but what we need to do is we need to kind of you know learn how to kind of analyse and prepare for a team in a short space of time sure. and that itself is going to be um, tough you, know? you mentioned the defenders two that weren't available to you um, today James McAtee and Ronan Ryan mm. how are they and, and is next week going to come too soon or I think, could they possibly in the, uh, in the run I think James could be alright um, he, he his is more precautionary with his ankle we just kind of sat him out and he's been training well um, Ronan just kind of had a tightness with the hamstring didn't um, respond to the treatment so he could be in the mix too but um, look we have that's what the panel's for and, and we have to trust the panel and we believe in the panel and it's great to see Sean Curran and different fellas coming on here today you know, and adding to it and that's what it's about the more fellas we can give experience to the better I don't like touching on individuals but Ethan Devine and, and Thomas McGovern making their first championship starts mm. today Shane Walsh coming on to make his championship debut as well towards the end uh, how, how good is it to see these young players coming and, and adding to what's well, already there? We were just, we just reckon, like, isn't it a wonderful position to be in if you're a young player in County Mead saying, if I do well in the club championship, if I do well from the underage, this current setup's going to look at me and give me a chance. Yeah, yeah. And they can believe me. So that's the message that I'd be sending out there. Like, I mean, use these guys to inspire you, like, to train because it's great. You don't forget James Conlon as well, another young fellow. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, like, Unbelievable. You know, youth is the way forward, we know that. And, but you have to kind of be careful how you blood them. You can't throw them in. It has to be drip, drip. Uh, Eaton came in, it was fantastic there yeah. today. But we've seen that in training all the time with Eaton. Yeah. And through various reasons, like, he picked up an injury against Roscommon. He got a. He got a as well, yeah, yeah, and then against um, an in house match he picked up an injury so where we probably would have put him in sooner mm. you know that just yeah, it, yeah. it wasn't the path wasn't clear for him but I mean he, he got a clear run at it today and, and we've seen what he could do and finally just would you give the, the followers of the We Are Mead or the followers of Mead just in general you know a word of encouragement for the next few weeks it's going to be great isn't it well absolutely like I mean, like, I mean we were just talking about there as I, as I made the point again like um, although we played um, four matches in the, channel, in the Leicester Championship this was um, a kind of a third round qualifier this was a proper championship match yeah. it was, you knew that there was huge um, things at, 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 um, at stake here and, and so that was a different environment different um, sort of question asked at the lads so you're going to get that for the next few weeks so look you're going to see some great teams in action and hopefully we can be a great team as well Colin thanks a million appreciate your time cheers so David that's uh, the interview you did with uh, the wonderful uh, Colin Nally um, you know you can hear it from him he's, he's very enthusiastic but he's, he's a very deep character as well at the same time yeah, he is. He's very philosophical and uh, gives you a great insight into the kind of background as to what goes on behind in an intercounty setup. And it was interesting, you know, to hear. Obviously, we all know he he loves coaching and that's his that's his baby, so to speak. But he said, you know, talking or kind of dealing with you know little problems wouldn't be, and that's where he might fall down and where he might prosper in other ways. And that's why it works between the four or five lads, which he says they all have their kind of set roles, and mm-hmm. it's just working that way. But he, he also, you know, spoke about how good of a group the lads are and how much, you know, they, they respect what 
what the what is provided for them, but how they respond to it too. And he mentioned about um, the unknown going into today a little bit as well. You know, as to you can spe- you can you can obviously do they did their utmost to ensure that Meads Mead were mentally right. But he says until that first fifty fifty or until that you know first catch or first break or first free, you never know what way yeah, they're going to respond. And he says straight away they knew that they were clearly up for the game, and. That was that was fantastic from his perspective to see that because it was well trashed about that the stat this week I think was ten years since a, a team has actually lost the Leinster final and responded by winning their fourth round qualifier six day turnaround and all that I get that but yeah. it's still a, a remarkable statistic and me thereafter booking that trend today and it wasn't easy we we didn't expect it to be easy you know but um we got there and it's that strength and character and that mental toughness. Arsene Wenger, I'm a long surfing Arsenal fan and Wenger used to always go on about the mental strength of the Arsenal lads, which wasn't there. But I think today the Mead lad showed mental strength, which, you know, was well tested after the Leinster final. And it was a, it was a, it was a game that Mead nearly had to win three or four times today. Mm. Just when it looked like they were going to, uh, they had the game by the scruff of the neck, then, you know, Clare came back into it. And all credit to Clare, but I suppose uh, it was in no small part to, uh, to Mickey Newman who kicked 1-6 of Meads 2-16 today for, to give Mead that one point victory and we're going to go to Mickey Newman's interview that David got straight away after the game as well in Port Leash Delighted to be joined by Mickey Newman after a nail-biting win Mickey, um, for yourself I know you, you probably missed a couple of minutes of it there when you were going in to get patched up but it was, uh, it was all hands to the pump towards the end but we got there Yeah, uh, I got back out last 10 um yeah, we made hard work for it, to be honest, yeah. from looking on, but uh, I think we were full value for the win in the end. Uh, it's just great to get over the line, yeah. And I suppose after the last day, like, there was a lot of talk after the Dublin game of just, um, you know, trying to recover, and the two weeks probably, you know, studies in the end, and superior fitness in that second half, there was a time where you just kind of blitzed them there for five or ten minutes, and, and that probably proved to be the difference in the end. Yeah, I think we had a lot of strong runners, obviously, and that kind of hurt them. Mm. Uh, we got in for, for a good few chances, and... Um, but just if we were probably a bit cuter with the ball, we could have put the game out of sight. But yeah. uh, to fairness, declared to never give up. And um, that two weeks is massive. Having that extra week just to get yourself right is, uh, yeah. Yeah. is key, you know. And I suppose for yourself, you know, you, you took an awful hit there getting the goal. It was it was very brave to go in where you did and clattered the post then, and that was you. But um, great to get the goal, and that probably that probably was the difference at the end. Yeah. Uh, Thanking Podge Harmon anytime soon. <laughs> yes, landed hospital me. Absolutely landed me. But uh, yeah, I knew I knew I knew it was uh, just I need to get get contact on it. Probably momentum. I say I got a little nudge as well, but yeah. Uh, you just have to you have to go for those, you have to get the goals. So uh, they make the difference at the end of the day, so uh, I was delighted to get it. And Mickey, in terms of you know our development as a as a county in that and you know, progressing to the super eights, like just how important is it for me than you know for, for yourselves and, and everything to be pitted like you're obviously going to be playing Division 1 football next year to be in the Super 8s playing the elite teams for the next three weeks it's, it's going to be huge oh, it's massive sure it's what you want the more we're exposed to playing these teams the better we get mm. I, feel, I feel there's much more in us uh, and that was crucial to get to, we knew we were going to be playing Division 1 that's yeah. grand but the Super 8s was, was a big um, a big one for us and we're in it now and we get three really really good games uh, yeah. and it's just going to progress us again uh, which I'm really looking forward to and just just finally then I suppose we'll, we'll focus on the immediate one coming up and it's Donegal for the third time this year 
the, the first two games there's been nothing in it really it could have went either way um, you're probably looking to get redemption this is the one to win isn't it yeah look, I'd say Donegal have progressed quite a bit as well since, yeah. since those games and we have too so look they know a bit more about us well we know pretty much everything about each other yeah, but, yeah. Uh, it'll be another good game we won't fear and uh, we'll enjoy the occasion and, and we'll do our homework you know over the week Mickey get the body right and we'll see you next weekend recover yeah cheers mate no worries so that was Mickey Newman uh, from Kilmainham, taught by Kieran Flynn's father. Um, and I suppose Kieran, he uh, it was great to see him having such a good game today. And I suppose like with such close family ties to you as well. Well, as I said, he, everything positive he did today was probably reinforced at some stage by my father in the school. Like you know, so <laughs> let's not get let's not beat her in the bush. Here, that's a fact. Like, but uh, ultimately, we all know. Joking aside, like Mickey Newman is has been perennially one of our best footballers, especially in the shooting stakes. Like behind it all, he's a very nice guy and he's very polite. He gets on with his business. He's a good professional in an amateur game. And I'm just delighted he had such a, a telling telling effect on the game today. And like the goal, like the photographs there today on our social media are excellent of Mickey soaring above the, the clouds, like kind of a kind of a colossus kind of just coming down and, and batting the ball in. And not afraid to get hurt either, which is great. Like So it just shows you... shot. Know. Once you get the shot. Yeah, he got the shot. Because we said he is the most photogenic player on that team. We have to, we have to, you know. He's the most photogenic on the team. Well, a man that might, uh, I suppose, argue with you is a young man from St. Colin Kills, James Conlon. He chipped in with three points today as well uh, in Meade's victory over Clare. And we're going to go straight to the interview that we got with him uh, after the game. I'm thrilled now to be joined by uh, Mead young star James Conlon. Uh, James, it was uh, it was touch and go for a while there, but I think job done and, and well deserved in the end. Yeah, delighted. Um, I think it was just kind of get over the line any way possible today. After obviously the Dublin game coming at the back of that, we just regrouped and thought well and just look get over the line any way possible. Mm. To be fair to Clare, they never gave up. Even even when we kind of pulled two or three points ahead, they just were always fighting back. Well, look, Super 8's where you want to be and yeah. just delighted to have been there, so, so delighted. And I suppose for yourself, I mean, you're, you've sort of established yourself now as a starter. I remember we, we spoke here in this in this very tunnel um, after the Carlo game and, you know, you had a great impact that day and you got your starting place after that. It must be brilliant for yourself to, to be in the team and enjoying the success now. Yeah, it's, it's, it's unreal. As I actually just said to my dad last night, I said, look, I'm 21, I'm living the dream, starting from my county and look, that's where you want to be, I suppose. After coming off the Dublin game, I was probably annoyed at myself. Felt I kind of didn't do myself justice. So I think coming out here today was to, to, to prove a point to not only everyone else, but to myself to, to try and, and, and do well. But look, as I said the last time we were here, I'm just a small cog in the wheel. As, as long as we keep yeah. winning, that's all you want to do. And, and he was like, was, was that the thinking after the Dublin game that collectively we probably didn't do ourselves justice against Dublin and it was a case of today putting it right and showing everybody what we can do? Yeah, I, I think we kind of we met the, the day after and we, we kind of talked about it and we, and we trashed it out and I think we felt we weren't far away. I think we just missed opportunities. Obviously, the Dubs are a fantastic side, mm-hmm. but I think we fe- kind of felt we weren't far away and when in the group, we still had belief for today that just go on and, and, and we have another bite of the cherry and look we took it today and just unreal, yeah. unreal and, and then Super 8 football I mean it's, it's sort of surreal for the likes of yourself you know in your first year with the county and that yeah. um, it's going to be a great experience over the next three games isn't yeah, it yeah look that's that's the dream I mean you're, you're living the life playing the Super 8 that's, that's just where you want to be playing against the best teams in the country pitching yourself against them and look just that's where, that's where you want to be mm. it's, it's great if I you had it told me at the start of the year playing the Leinster final in Super 8 
I would have snapped the hand yeah. yeah. So look, that's that's a great as I say. In terms of now, we haven't heard too much music. I know you're down the other end of the tunnel and that. But uh, what, what's the playlist like today? I think Biggie Riley has, has oh, a few no. tunes on. Yeah, a few of the love songs. Q102 playlist there. So <laughs> the, the love zone, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, I just stick the AirPods in and and, and, and fall asleep hopefully because I couldn't listen to them anymore. So. Yeah, yeah. And, so. and then just finally, James, if you could give a word like to the We Are Mead listeners, to, you know, as as Mead fans and that ahead of the next three weeks or probably next Sunday, you know, against Donegal, that's that's first priority now just yeah. give them something yeah no I think the support has been, has been unreal I think they've kind of tagged on ever since the Leash game there was great support for the Leinster final and I think although there was critics out there there's a good bunch of Mead people who stuck, stuck yeah. by us through the kind of crap that had been said after the Dublin game and I think it showed here today and look I think it's exciting but it's, it's all it's a collective uh, push now in the hmm. Super 8s it's not just the team it needs everyone because I mean when you're running out there and there's, there's fans cheering your name that's that's the dream. That's that's, that's that's unbelievable. So look, we'll all push together and hopefully. And you had a little bit of a fan group at then. There, I seen loads of pictures. Probably the Kills family was it? Yeah, the Kills family. They're always there for the post. Mother loves the Facebook. She'll have the trophy with them up there at the end. So, Brilliant. So, Brilliant. Yeah, look, class. Fanti, well done. Thanks very much. Congratulations and all the best. Cheers. Okay, so that was James Conlon, better known as the Bounty from um, St. Colum Kills. And I suppose uh, one of the things, David, was that I took from that, that I was delighted to hear him saying was, uh, you know, kind of, uh, he spoke about the real Mead supporters out there and how he loves the Mead supporters. Um, and that there are people out there around Mead who love to just, you know, stick the knife in as uh, whenever they can and they wouldn't be real supporters. And, the crap, as he says, like it was, mm. it was brilliantly done. And just actually, before we go on, I saw a tweet earlier on, um, and it's just a typical one of these one meat supporters, where, um, you know, we're after putting up that meat are after qualifying for the super eights, and the next thing is, uh, the the reply was, well, look at what we beat to get there. It doesn't really, uh, fill you with confidence going into uh the group that we're going into, and I'm just like going like. God's sake! Can you mm. not just can you not just sit back and look and enjoy it uh, yeah. for what it is? Do you know what I mean? Like, well, well, like the group we're going into, right? Let's just take that tweet for example. You're going in against two provincial winners, right? Yeah. You couldn't have played them, right? No. Or, or anyone like that before because they're after winning their provinces. So me couldn't have played them yeah. before this. And the other team came through the qualifiers like us, beating provincial um, finalists. Yeah, we, we could have played them, but we didn't. We get didn't get drawn them. It just turns out that we played Clare, who gave us every bit as tough a game as I would say Mayo would have last they, night, they for example. Kerry as well. Yeah, mm. Clare, oh, Kerry. I I know, but I I think that his point is is that you know we're going into play we're going to play Kerry Mayo and, and Donegal. No, no, no it's, it, like it it's just another way of knocking them. And people again, I spoke about this in the podcast last week. People don't realize mm. how like. The, there's still there's supporters out there who just think that Mead should be winning all Ireland and, and I should suppose, be winning Leinster titles yeah. at, at, at their ease, but we're nowhere near that. I, I haven't been anywhere near that. And these are the steps that we're taking to get back up into that top eight, then into the top five, and into the top three, and into the top one. It's clear that that supporter on Twitter is just in a world of his own. No, you, no, but he's not. The, 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 that's the thing. I know that's a nice reference to Westlife um, uh, for David Rispin, who uh, is a little bit worse for wear. No, today, I'm fine. Uh, after Westlife uh, in, in Crow Park last night. But, um, a Friday. A Friday night, was yeah, it? Yeah. And you're so still I'm fine. rough. You're still rough. No, I was at a 21st last night. My point is, is that there are a lot of supporters out there like that. 
and but there are as Banty said a lot of real supporters out there who are the ones who he listens to mm. and are the ones that come up to him after the games and they're the ones that are you know right behind this team no matter what yeah and, and I'd say to follow on from what you said they're the ones that were couldn't wait to get onto the pitch and couldn't get off the pitch yeah. after the game do you know and Literally. the ones that are tweeting are probably not at the match at all no no yeah. and they're barely watching the game you know they wouldn't they wouldn't go to a game and stuff like that so for, for it's disappointing to see it but I wouldn't be wasting any more time than we have already on it we've we've said our bit uh, let's focus on the supporters who do spend their time and, and you know hard earned money to go and watch me on, on a and weekly basis and some of the more important things like the, the playlist because Bandy yeah, brought that up as well he, he had the earpods in again he says today <laughs> and it wasn't Killian O'Sullivan he reckons it was Biggie Graham Riley over the playlist today and he says Sully, it was it was Sully's uh, device though his bluetooth speaker yeah though. yeah no doubt but he, he was saying it was a bit like listening to Q102's love zone do you know <laughs> between between them times they were biggies um, I'm sure he's showing his age by putting them sort of songs on and so was James Condon when he's putting the pods in but uh, Old Town Old Town Road like <laughs> Nas X or something you know, like that. but he would he would have been listening to Billy Ray Cyrus' old stuff yeah, probably yeah. biggie not the new Don't stuff but my heart my achy breaky heart you're showing your age too Flynn <laughs> I would have said my knowledge but that's a story <laughs> but uh the, it just shows the unity in that camp as well and it was something that I think Brian McMahon says in an interview in another interview I heard coming home actually that they really are and I know it's a cliche but they're really like a family and they're really all together in it and you know that says it all really but again Brian Kelly that whole family thing with a team it gets spoken about uh, sometimes but that can only come with longevity like the longer your season is the more time you spend with these lads and the more like a family you become because you're spending five, six days a week with them. So that's understandable. And it's great that they're they're starting to feel that way because they have a long, they've three more games at least to go. And then, you know, it won't be long until the, the National League will start in next year. You know, like there's the, the gap between finishing up and starting again is going to be much much lesser this year. Yeah, like they're going to be going until at least the August Bank Holiday weekend, hopefully longer. Yeah, and they'll be back in training at the end of October, early November. Probably, maybe not fully collectively because they'll probably be under some kind of a training ban. But they'll be doing it in small groups, I've no doubt. So unless you're going well, like family is great, but you can fall out of family quicker than anybody. But when you're when things are going well, everything is flying. And like those rumors going around on Friday night about a walkout, a training on Friday, like these these are ridiculous things. Like this is a really united camp. They're not just players, they're not just teammates, they're friends. Like they look out for each other. They're a really united bunch. And jibes like that from from so called supporters just they don't they don't hit the mark at all. Well, I think maybe what that guy was trying to reference when he said the walkout was one of the players had tire difficulty at training with that to change a flat tire. And maybe when they were walking out, they were literally walking down the road home because the tire of the car went. Maybe that's what he was referencing. I doubt it now, but maybe he was. <laughs> well, anyway, it was a uh, it was a complete rumor. Anyway, and we're delighted that uh, uh, there's nothing like that going on in the camp. Meade are true with that victory over Clare to the Super Eights. 
They will play at least three more championship games in the All-Ireland series this year. The first one will take place next Sunday, 2pm in Bally Buffet, where Mead will take on Donegal. On the same day in Fitzgerald Stadium, it's going to be uh, Kerry and Mayo at 4pm, the other two teams in our group. The following game will take place, uh, uh, the next game will take place um, on the following week. It's Sunday the 21st of July, and it's going to be Mayo versus Mead at 2pm in headquarters, Crow Park. And then that's going to be followed by Kerry and Donegal at 4pm in Crow Park. That's a wonderful day, day's football there. And then the last game against Kerry, we're just not sure. It's either going to be Saturday or Sunday, the 4th of August. It's going to be in Park Tolchin and the time is to be confirmed. And also the Mayo and Donegal game will be in McHale Park. But we don't know whether it's going to be Saturday or Sunday and what time. Yeah, well, the Central CCC will decide on what games are still in contention no, for... No qualification so they'll decide then the television schedule there's that something interesting on Twitter you know the, the page we talked about out here the GA League Tables mm-hmm. who did great service in the league he was putting the Super 8 groups together and he's putting a little asterisk beside the clubs denoting home advantage for the different games and of course everyone's got home advantage in round 1 and home advantage in round 3 but he just made sure to emphasise that Dublin have home advantage in round two in Crow Park. So he was leaving nothing that to chance, you know. <laughs> yeah, because everybody's second round game is supposed to be N for neutral, but it's a H for... Well, no, they changed that, that they're just in Crow Park now. They're not technically neutral, they're just in Crow Park, isn't it? Isn't that kind of the, the kind of weasley way the, out of is it? Is that like, the way they're using They're in Crow Park. They're in Crow Park, is. Uh, it may be neutral or it may be your home venue only if you're Dublin. But anyways, we're going to move on now, lads. We're going to rate the players today. Um, I suppose it was, uh, as we said, like, you know, Mead at certain times. Oh, we might just go to Kieran Flynn for the stats before we, we move on because he did put an awful lot of work into them. Yeah, I was trigger happy and Port Leash be ashamed to go away, especially when they're a lot better than last time. But definitely one, one thing straight away to emphasise is Today we only had four wides, which is the same as we scored last week. And that was something Matty Kerrigan picked up in commentary. Yeah. So straight away you have to say that's an immense improvement. With 16 points scored. Like, yeah, 16. Um, and two goals. And like. two goals. So 18 scores and four wides. But there was six drop shorts. And they were disappointed now, so they were today. Yeah, five Because yeah. a lot of them were from the scoring range. Yeah, five from playing, one from a set from, play on the 45. Yeah. And it, that would be disappointed because they're ones that potentially... You just need to kill the ball. It was maybe just said the bounty and Shane McInerney about one when we were playing into that wind in the first half, was just, it wasn't like overtly strong, but it still was telling in your kicks. We saw in the Clare Crick gate points from Crick uh, kick great points in the first half, like, but then they didn't do it in the second half. So the wind was telling. But definitely 64% shooting, 60 from play, 75 from set play, which is brilliant. And then Clare very similar. They had 65 from play, 63 from play, 71 from free. So over the game was very high scoring. And that can be seen then when you look at the timeline that only for Mead didn't score from the 10th minute, or sorry, the 11th minute of the second half until the 23rd or 4th minute. Other than that, we were free-flowing all the way through. 12-minute period. The first half is, just, is a great joy. Yeah. You see green and, green and blue just non-stop, dot, dot, dot. It dot. was point for point in the first half, and Mickey, Mickey Newman, uh, his free-taking was uh, magnificent, uh, David Rissman. Yeah, it really was, and... Um you know, from both sides, he took the responsibility of taking on a lot of the frees from, from his opposite side, which is always tricky for a right footer, but did them well. Um, I thought, you know, he's a wonderful striker at the ball, but 
something that maybe he struggled a little bit with this year was probably the longer range freeze and I think today on the main they were they were superb I think might have missed one drop one short in the first half but, but he scored 145 at least didn't he from yeah he did he yeah. did and, and, and the, the one that he hit was I think it was the second or third point like yeah. it, it hit the middle of the net yeah. behind the goals it had all the distance it, uh, yeah. it was a fabulous he only strike. had one miss for the whole game like so when you score one six five from place balls but only one miss like that's good return like you yeah, have to so accurate, so accurate, even hit the post as well. Yeah, yeah. not yeah, with yeah. the ball though. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what we'll do now, lads, is we're going to move on and we're going to do our uh, player ratings for today. Um, round four qualifier game against Clare, and in goals today was Andrew Colgan and David Rispin. You've got the, um, you've got the mic in front of you, so we're mm. going to get your uh, score or rating for. Andrew Colgan. It's a strange one because he didn't have a save to make on, on the main, you know. Had a couple of high balls. The goal was a bit of a mess, you know, in, in fairness that Claire got just after half time. Now I cheered his goal. Yeah, I yeah, it was. It was um it was one of those, but I, I haven't really got a chance to look back on it. I don't know, was it his fault or Shane Gallagher's or who, who's whose was it? But between them, do you know, the ball ended up in the back of the net and you know, whoever's to blame for that, it, it ended up there, but it didn't cost us, thankfully. Um, kickouts, we didn't take any real risks. That was probably something that, you know, first half we probably struggled in midfield to win ball. That's not his fault. He was told about them out there and let the midfielders compete in that. But we did kind of get a grip of it gradually as the game went on and started winning more breaking ball. There was one or two, I think, went over the sideline, possibly towards the end of the second half. So on the main, I think six is probably, depending on the mistake, I don't know what you guys think, but probably six for me. Um, Kieran Flynn? Yeah, I'd say a six is fair. Uh he probably himself and Shane Gallagher were, were probably had wires crossed for the ball in. But unfortunately, goalkeepers, when the ball comes in nowadays, you kind of have to go. Like you do see the other great goalies, like to say Morgan from Tyrone or Cluxon from Dublin or Began from Monaghan. They will come out very commanding with the fists if they can't catch it. And realistically, Colgan should have done that because he should know that Gallagher's not going to win a massive high ball in the box. Like there's only there's approximately four and a half metres from the goal line. And even tighter than that where it was, only about three metres out. Like So realistically, he should be commanding that area. So six, six is probably generous in a, in a matter of speaking too. Yeah, uh, Brian Kelly. Yeah, in fairness, the kickouts were spot on today. We won a large percentage. There was only one or two went awry. And in fairness, one of them, it just came off his boots slightly wrong and Ethan Devine is wrong-footed for it. I think a six would be a fair score today. Absolutely. So a six for Andrew Colgan. Um, the full back line that I, that I actually named last year, week here on the podcast last, uh, remember lads, it was... Did you I know, I know, I know. I went all out last week. Seamus Lavin, number two. Um, Brian Kelly, how did he do? Mystic Meg is replaced by Mystic Mickey. Oh, absolutely. Seamus <laughs> uh, Lavin, another another excellent show on today. Um, we probably did concede a fairly high score overall, which is something that we need to tighten up on for the next day, but I think a seven today. A seven, and Kieran Flynn? Yeah, I think a seven. Like he, He's a very powerful run of the ball. He made a lot of attacking uh, kind of enterprises and helped out, but the high score probably diminishes him to an eight, from an eight to a seven. Okay, and uh, David Rissman? Yeah, not that it matters, but I'd probably go an eight, to be honest. I thought uh, his his driving runs from defence as the game wore on were crucial as well, breaking from defence and transitioning from the backs to the forwards. Um, I thought he defended pretty well on the main as well, so I'd go an eight, but the boys have gone with seven, so that's what it is. No bother. Um, uh, Conor McGill, our full-back, um, we're going to go to Kieran Flynn. Yeah, myself and Brian were talking about this on the way home. 
like Connor probably is one of the best traditional full backs that was uh, Brian's line and I would agree with him totally on that like he had a fairly good game but for probably the high score nature of Clare probably diminished him maybe from an 8 back to a 7 but like it's a, an extremely steady 7 like you know what I mean it's probably just you don't want to probably give him an 8 that he doesn't deserve so I think 7 for Miguel yeah um, David Rispin yeah, it was a funny one because Brian has this, the scores open here, and I I seen David Tuberty six points three from play. Yeah, which which I wouldn't have thought from looking at the game. I thought he did quite well on Tuberty. Well, the, the 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 points he got from play from he he brought uh, mm. he brought McGill out the field. Or, yeah. or he, he lost McGill out around the forty five. He did, he dragged him out mm. of position. So yeah, well that's something that we spoke about he, last week. Exactly, yeah. we spoke about that, and and I it kind of panned out as we as we spoke about last week. McGill was always going to beat him in a foot race, getting the hand in if the ball was coming into the full forward line. So and we spoke about Tuberty being a really intelligent footballer. So he naturally wandered out the field to get on yeah. ball, and then sort of got his couple of scores. Anything that went in, and there was a couple of times he actually made crucial interceptions as well when we could have been in trouble if he didn't. So. I'm reluctant, but I, I think I'd give him an eight as well. I'd probably be overly generous, maybe. So a seven and an eight. Yeah. Okay, and Brian Kelly, it lies with you. Yeah, look, Tuberty did kick a few points from play, but to be fair, some of the craftsmanship on display from the Clare forwards to create the space for them scores was really outstanding. There was one in particular where Tuberty got the ball and McGill was closing in for the block, but a Clare player just kind of ran across them, which created that half a yard for Tuberty. Nothing McGill could do with that, and Tuberty got a shot across and got the point out. Um, I think he was told Tuberty to three points from play. There's probably not many full-backs in the country have done that this year. Um, I think an eight would be another fair score. An eight it is, so for Conor McGill. Um, just looking down at it, lads, the, the two corner forwards, um, Keane O'Day and Gavin Cooney, they got a goal and a point between them, so... Um, O'Day got a point and Gavin Cooney got a goal. To be fair, like O'Day's one of them. He's never gonna. He's not a. He's not a corner forward. Like he's never gonna. Yeah, no. Score. I, I think his score today was the first. His first score of the championship. Did he out in the backs against us in the league. Yeah, yeah, he's a wing. He's yeah. wing back predominantly. Yeah. He got that score Three he got today, seven. which was a great point. Was his first score in the championship football twenty nineteen. So I think that, that kind of. You have to kick them, have to score them. True, that's it. I'm, I'm merely saying that if, if Conor McGill doesn't get docked for for conceding three points and their mm. cornerbacks are getting docked for conceding oh, one no, score each, um, I'm just... just well, I've just, been consistent in my approach. Sorry, same, I'm, same. I'm just bringing it forward, that's all. I'm just bringing my point forward, uh, playing devil's advocate. We're going to move on to our other cornerback, and that is Shane Gallagher from Simonson, and we're going to go to David Rispin first. Yeah, it's funny this one, two eights I've given, I, I'd have to give him an eight, although he's probably more at fault for the goal than anything else, but a few a few absolutely brilliant interceptions, oh, particularly, in the, there was yeah. one in the corner, in the far corner in the first half, he had absolutely no right, he got out in front, caught the ball up at a height, and then burst through two tackles, one a free, it, it was just class cornerback play, unbelievable cornerback play to be honest, and it nearly doesn't go uh, noticed, but he was superb and something that he's added to his game and I think as the year's gone on he's probably grown into the role and he's far, far more confident doing it now is kind of emerging from the defence with the ball sort of like Seamus Lavin does mm-hmm. and I would have you know sometimes you would have been reluctant to see him do that earlier in the year now you're, you feel comfortable with him doing it you're not panicking when he does it and uh, he, he's added that to his game and I, yeah I'd, I'd have to give him an A today even with the mistake Brian Kelly yeah um, another look 
Gallagher, he's really developed into an outstanding cornerback. He came into the team cold against Tyrone last year. Everybody said, where did he come out of? But the reality is he was one of the top cornerbacks for the previous few years in club championship. And he's continued on from there. He came back into the panel this year for the game in Bally Buffet. I think he might have got a spot back in the team for round three of the league. And he hasn't looked back since. He's getting better and better with each game. Today was a tough test. Yeah, he'll probably look back in the goal and say, maybe I could have done X, Y or Z differently. The reality is, the goal went in. He didn't buckle under the pressure when that went in. He kicked on again and he's probably a fair eight. Fair eight. Um, and Kieran Flynn? Sure, I could be like a, a round three Super 8 game. I'm a, d- a dead rubber here, so I've no say in the matter. Oh, so. oh, <laughs> nice, <laughs> we'll no, move on I, then. I, so. I'm going to give him a seven. I, well, I'll have my say. I'll have my say. You won't silence me. Speaker, Kevin Corla, Kevin Corla, just know it. Kevin Corla, I give him a, I'd give him a high seven. I would have given him a high seven. Grand, he gets an eight. Um, we're going to move on now to our first of the wing half backs, and that's Donald Kyogen. We go to Brian Kelly for Donald Kyogen's first marks. <laughs> RT picked him out as man of the match with ten minutes to go. It was that clear cut and there? He's very hard to argue. Donald Kyogen, a fair nine. Um, David Rusman oh lads he has to get a 10 like for god's sake you, what more can he do you know Kieran Flynn <laughs> he could have scored the goal he probably did oh. Kieran Flynn well as we were only saying we didn't notice when he got the man of the match award you actually don't get the one that they give you you actually you have to give your address and they courier down the award so like we, they probably could have asked us for the award or for the address halfway through and the, the courier got you would have given him your house yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, he, he could have couriered it down during the day like I could have told you save the traffic we'll go straight to Kenny so I think oh I think I'm going to give him one zero ten. Ooh, put it up nice That's one he said in the car coming home he's a nine <laughs> Sure I, he's after having I'm a few shandy since Brian. <laughs> you know what it's like, kind of with with sometimes when you see something sober and then you see it with a few drinks on you and you no, think it just, looks a I, lot better than it does. I would have just said he, he actually was unreal. You know was <laughs> Brian, Brian Kelly, what happens in the car on the way home stays in the car on the way home. All right, we'll just keep that there from now on. Um, so Donald Kogan, a magnificent game by uh, our stalwart and scores a ten. Centre half back and joint captain Pora Carlin. Uh, no, I know yeah. he's not. That's a mistake. Um, oh, the program. Uh, the program. There's yeah. Another one too. Um, and that by us because we did send it. We checked that. We did send it in right just for the reference. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's always washing his hands. It wasn't. Hands even, about it, wasn't it wasn't our mistake. Oh, going to you anyway. So, so we have Pora Carlin, um, centre half back. Uh, very good. Very good. Like um, maybe he got caught by Gary Brennan once or twice very early on in the game. But overall, like that's that's a task that you wouldn't envy. Like marking one of the best footballers of a generation, and debatably Claire's best ever footballer. So he possibly, he's possibly maybe a nine or oh, I think maybe an eight. To be fair, I think an eight is fair. No, maybe it's been too nice. It's been too nice. David Rispin, you don't need to coax him into a score. You'll get yeah, your he, own yeah, goes here. He Brian Kelly. Yeah, exactly. And you're, and you're giving him the eye. I got nervous there. He looked at me. He looked at me. <laughs> Brian Kelly, we're going to go to you next. Power Cannon. Yeah, he was a huge boost to have back. He clearly likes the sodden Port Leash. Man of the match against Carlo in the Leinster quarterfinal. Really impressive shift again today. Like Picking up Gary Brennan from the off, that's a tough task for anyone. But Harnan is was ideally matched to him. Yeah, Brennan probably got his few moments, but like a class player is going to get them. But Harnan, he got forward for a huge contribution for a mid-second goal. 
laid it off to Mickey Newman. Newman wasn't expecting it. He thought Harnan would go again, but Harnan looks at me and says, look, I'm a centre-back. I'm not going to shoot. It's your ball all day long. Eight. <laughs> Brilliant. So, uh, David Rusman. Yeah, I agree with the two lads. I think fair, very good ratings. Uh, well, he definitely agrees with my rating. <laughs> <laughs> he, he, Gary Brennan only scored a point, lads. Yes. Yeah. Just, just and, and to be fair, it was, good, it, was, it was a funny one because he did pick him up and then he seemed to... Gary Brennan went into midfield then for the second half and Brian Menton picked him up. And uh, if he didn't, if he was too occupied with marking him in the first half, he could express himself far more in the second half when Gary Brennan wasn't at him. And as you said, Brian, he had a key... Uh, power to play in that goal and that was the prime example of him getting forward and contributing more to the attack which he did in the second half so I think an 8 is a good match. An 8 fair play and we're going to move on now to our other wing back and that's Gavin McCoy we're going to stay with you David Rispin for Gavin McCoy. Yeah I thought very good Um, you know coming into the team probably as a result of the two injuries to, to James and uh, Ronan Ryan but really solid and again you know, gave us an outlet as well going forward and that kind of thing, which probably wouldn't be in his natural game and remit. But uh, I was very impressed with him today. I'd be giving him an eight. Uh, I'd be giving him an eight. A good eight. A good an eight. eight. Okay, and, uh, Brian Kelly? Yeah, um, it just shows the attack and threat that the half-back line have. Kyogen had a shot saved, which re- ended up in Menton's goal. Harnan laid the ball off to Mickey Newman for his goal, but that move really came about from a break which Gavin McCoy made. He broke the half-back line of the Clare defence, laid the ball off, and as he was falling, he showed great awareness to pick out a player. And defensively, he was also very tight today, so I think an eight. An eight. And uh, Kieran Flynn? Yeah, I'd finish off with an eight. And he's, a, he's a guy that we really like on the podcast. He's a really hard-working, honest professional, and he... Every time he lost his place or anything like that in the game, he came back strong the next day and like wish him all the good. He set up a new business there recently in St. Peter's Dumbine GA Club, opening up a gym as a personal trainer in the clubhouse. So we wish him well in that endeavour. Like He's a good lad and anyone in that area should definitely support the local business. But re- overall, though, Gavin, really, really good footballer today. He deserves his eight. Good stuff and well done to Gavin McCoy. Best luck in the new adventure, um, uh, or the new venture even. Um, it's not that far to the clubhouse that he plays for you. I'm tired. Uh, we're going to move on now to one of our real joint captains uh, and midfielder, Brian Menton, and we're going to go to David Rispin first. Yeah, uh, he's turned into a goal-scoring machine now, isn't he? Yeah, Had, soccer style yeah. as well today. Yeah, huh? hadn't scored one uh, prior to the Leash game and he's got three in three games now. <laughs> yeah, three championship I games, think, which is I brilliant. I think the ball was over the line. I think he yeah, I, I think it was, to be fair, but I don't know, was he going to give it as no. over the line? So, uh, Brian... From the television, we didn't see the television. Mm. What did the television say? They, they th- I actually watched the first half there before I came in here and Kevin McStay thought, he, thought it was in. Yeah. And he's seen it, but, but they didn't Brian really Menton, give him. Brian, yeah, they didn't give yeah, a close up, a, a close up yeah. or anything like that. But Brian Menton finished it and mm. made sure of it. So, but but that but just was excellent. Yeah, following up on the play, and he was excellent. And in the second half, when he was tasked with marking Gary Brennan, and when Clare were really putting us under the cosh late on, he was he was there with him stride by stride. He was stuck to him like glue, and he did a really good job on him in the sense that we're not used to probably seeing Brian Menton having to kind of man mark players the way he's been playing this year but he did that and he showed the other side to his game in the first half so I think an 8 an 8 and Kieran Flynn yeah to quickly synopsis definitely an 8 he, to just echo what the lad said really hard worker honest guy 8 Brian Kelly 8 excellent 
Great stuff. Well done to Brian Maitland. We're going to move on to his midfield partner, Shane McIntyre, and we're going to go to uh, Brian Kelly first. Yeah, Shane, um, a solid performance. Probably didn't stand out to the same extent maybe as Brian Menton. He looked back and he'll say at his scoring chance in the first half, which he just dropped short. He'd carried the ball a long way and maybe he'll say in future, maybe lay it off because when you've ran that far, you can be out of steam a little bit. Um, solid showing, but probably a seven is the score for this week. Okay, and Kieran Flynn, Shane McAtee. I think just kind of following what, what Shane said, I think I just have to bring him right, slightly lower. Brian said. Oh, even again, it doesn't matter. They're, they're very similar when you look at them. <laughs> <laughs> Six, I think. I just slightly, slightly disappointed with some of his past. Normally one of his better, uh, one of his better uh, things. Like, yeah. So like Shane, like you know you're going to get, like Shane will give you honest work up and down the field, but some of his passing was kind of just, he was trying to go for the precise uh, precision ball and just when it didn't work for him, it just reflects badly then when you've given the ball away three or four times. So probably six is what I'm going to give So we have a six and a seven with precise precision. We're going to go over to uh, <laughs> David Rispin. <laughs> Some fantastic <laughs> words there from Flenner. Coming uh, <laughs> off a bit, isn't it? Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I think I'm going to agree with him in, in the sense that I'm going to give him a six. Uh, is the B word in no, <laughs> no, uh, plucky. <laughs> yeah, no. His his work rate, as you said, can never be questioned, and it's something that I feel that he he gives you in abundance. Um, today you're coming up against again two big lumps, like kind of like the leash midfield. Now they're they're obviously a little bit better quality than the leash midfield and Gary Brennan and I think Cahill O'Connor, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Who kicked two points today, two really good scores. So you're not going to come up against... Shane is more um, suited to kind of players similar to him, them sort of athletic players who are going to run box to box nearly. So um, the passing was a little bit off today again, but you know worked hard as well, put in a shift as he did do, but I think a six for me as well. No problem. Um, six it is for Shane McAtee. We're going to move on to the first of our wing half forwards. That was number 19, Ethan Devine, came in in place of Ben Brennan. And uh, we'll go to Kieran Flynn first. Yeah, I was very impressed with Ethan, especially in the opening exchanges of the game. Like, Ethan had a great game against them at the start as well, down in the league. And when the injury happened to Shane McEntee, he went to the middle of the field and he, his impact slightly diminished. But this time around... Ethan caught the high ball, he was really athletic, moved up and down the field, kicked the ball. Like To be honest, I was very impressed with him, and he got on the score sheet with one. Especially when we think about the last time he was in Port Leash, they're still looking for the ball, missing persons, like, it's never been found. So, so a score? I give him an eight. An eight, okay, and we'll go to uh, uh, David Rispin, because the phone, the, the phone, you know, the, the microphone is in front of you. Thanks, Mickey. <laughs> Long weekend. Yeah, um... Yeah, Ethan, uh, very good today. Really, really good, and it's great to see him because he's, he, you know, he he obviously had a few problems, which um, which kind of diminished his his league and championship run in the team, and he's one of the younger players. But you know, the catch he took uh, oh, in the first fantastic. half, open the clouds, and yeah. and then set up the attack. That three clear players. Mm. Like. Brian McMahon scored a point off that, and to be honest, if we wanted to be a bit more ruthless, the goal was probably on because we had an overlap. Yeah, but. You know, worked the socks off, got a point as well, and probably picked up a little bit of a knock towards the end and was taken off. But absolutely fantastic, and great to see a young player like that coming in. And he's definitely an option there, another option for midfield, which is great. Um, so eight, eight, and uh, Brian Kelly. Yeah, it was or Shane McIntyre, whichever <laughs> whoever you're uh, you're operating as at the minute. I don't mind the word that comes out of Kieran Flynn's mouth. Um, yeah, it was probably a very 
clever selection from the team management to put him a wing forward. They'd identified Clare's wing backs were a little bit on the smaller side, so Eaton's height was a huge advantage from kickouts. It gave Andy Colgan another option to hit, which he did with great success. He stormed into the game early on and he was very impressive. One kickouts worked like a Trojan, kicked a nice tidy pint. Um, I think I'd give him an eight. Yeah, so it's a, an eight all round for um, the number 19, Ethan Devine. Uh, really good performance from the young man today. We're going to move on to centre half forward. We're number 11, Brian McMahon, and we're going to go to Brian Kelly. Yeah, Brian, he worked really hard today, kicked the point. Like, it was a nightmare for the Clare defenders because every time they tried to work the ball out of defence, he was really our first line of defence and putting pressure on them at all times. His work rate was immense. Like People might say he's not hitting big score on tallies in games, but he, what he's contributing to the team outweighs that and I think a very another another very impressive performance. Seven. Seven. And we go to Kieran Flynn. A few lovely jinx um, and dummies today by Brian McMahon. Very, very similar to yourself here in the pod. Nobody knows who's going to be up next. <laughs> Davy Rissman got a very big fright there. He thought I'm he was bra- next. I'm breaking ankles all around the you place know, here, so I have the way I'm twisting and turning. You're the Brian McMatton of the podcast world, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Brian, very similar to what Brian uh, Kelly said. Definitely a seven for me. But an interesting snippet that we got during the week is that his father, John McMahon, is from Coolmean in GA, yeah. or Coolmean GA in okay. West Clare. But the, the Clare midfielder, Carl O'Connor, his father would have played football with Brian's father for nearly 20 years That's back right. in West. So just shows you like the GA is a great organisation for that. And Brian is one of them really honest guys again. I know we, we say this a lot, but he's a guy that as a supporter, it's very easy to get behind him and support him because you know every time he takes the field, it really is his best or his honest best. So yeah. a seven. And just maybe if he gets a bit more chance close to goal, he'll get himself eight and nines. But seven, definitely. Yeah. And uh, David Rispin. I'd probably go with an eight, to be honest with you. He one 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 error probably in the second half, which cost a score with the hand pass. Do you remember mm. he, was, he was trying to go over or under? I don't know what it was, but uh, over for him now. Yeah, I, I thought first half he he literally dictated the the pace and the rhythm in the game. He was so good, right from the off one or three early on, early on, skinned about three or four lads in doing so, and just kind of um, you mentioned the jink and runs. His mm. close control with the ball is yeah. savage. And you oh, know the spins he, and pirouettes, spin, and the, yeah, he did a pirouette at yeah. one stage. It was just like, it was and he doesn't, he doesn't do it like Swan me or leg. you would do, like, and you'd be like, you know, like, really yeah. ponderous and that. It's it's literally on a sixpence, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. One of the hardest men to flake because you just can't catch him, like, yeah, yeah. yeah. try and flake him, you just can't do it. <laughs> but uh, so hardest man to flake in the country, and, and you're speaking from experience, I take it. Well, no, I've, I haven't tried to flake him now, he's a nice fella, because <laughs> if I did, he wouldn't be here, you know. <laughs> You wouldn't catch him. But uh no, an eight for me. I know the lads have gone seven, but an eight for me. Yeah, seven for Brian McMahon, but you know, it was, yeah. it was close to an eight. We're gonna move on now to our other wing half forward, and that was number twenty six, and that was Thomas McGovern um from Dunamore Ashburn and uh came in in place of Graham Riley. He was wearing twenty six. Graham Riley was due to start, so we're gonna to go to David Rispin. You've got the microphone in front of you and uh, we don't want you to have another dead rubber score. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, one so you've had one, I've had one, Brian's gonna have one now in a few minutes. <laughs> yeah, I'll go with you no matter what you say. <laughs> <laughs> uh, championship uh, debut as a starter, I suppose, today, and uh, probably took everyone really by surprise in coming into start. He wouldn't have been one that would have been rolling off the tongue for a starting berth, but in fairness he's played the last two games he's come on and 
and got a taste for it and he's obviously going really well in training and deserved to start and I thought he worked very well. Got the a nice score in the first half was yeah. Uh, got a nice score, and we had a great few of it in the stand. Like it just literally crept inside. You were kind of looking at the top right. Will it cre- creep in? Will it not? And was it, it did. No, right outside the right, wasn't it? No, no inside the right. Inside. Curl over. What just game were you at? Be quiet, <laughs> will you? <laughs> I'm trying to remember. Sorry. Don't don't bother. Just sit there. <laughs> just but, be a good boy. This is the hurling now. Sick brother Jack in the corner. Yeah, just belting out random things. No, I I remember now. <laughs> you're wearing your blue jumper. Oh yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, green. He's, the <laughs> He's on Cavan mode. Yeah, yeah. Go on. Uh, seven. Seven. I've said enough, and news boys are just going to keep talking over. So exactly. <laughs> seven for Thomas McGovern. Um, no, no. Brian has to have the dead rubbers. I'm next. Seven. Oh, yeah. I'm with Davy. Seven. seven. But not a serious note, though. Thomas, you wouldn't have said he was like nailed on to start at any any stage this year, but. He really took his chance, like he said. His, his score was brilliant. Now that it comes back to me, I do remember it now. Thank God. But his his defending, his defending was excellent. I think he probably in that mould where he will he'll cover the ground. Like he really does cover the ground. He's quite a good tackler, and his displays for Dunham Rashford in the Champs for the last few years have been excellent. So yeah. he probably deserves his chance. Yeah, absolutely, and and a big strong man, Brian Kelly. Yeah, and definitely a wild card selection. He'd played in defence any time he came on in the Championship this year. Nobody in the Clare Barkham team, when they're doing analysis of the team, would have picked him as a potential wing forward. It just shows you constantly reference Andy with a wild card selection. This is it today. Who knows who it could be next week. Well, funnily enough, you mentioned that there's a couple more to, to, to come as well. So there is because he brought his tally of players to use between league and championship to 30 today. So he did. There's a couple more that we will be going to in a couple of minutes. Um, so Thomas McGovern gets uh, seven points. Well done to the Durham Rash. Remember, we're going to move on now to Connor Ford, and that was Killian O'Sullivan. And we're going to go to Brian Kelly first. Yeah, Killian was another hard-working performance. You could see it at the end of the game. He was totally shattered. Um, in the first half, he had a great driving run through the centre of the Clare defence. And I think it was Jamie Malone took, hacked him out of it and probably lucky not to get a black card. Malone went on a kick three points afterwards. But that driving run from Sullivan caused the defence's no end of problems when he gets going. Kicked a point really hard to say he could have kicked any more because he didn't really have any more opportunities so that's fair enough and I'd say an 8 an 8 for Killino Sullivan and uh, David Rispin God we're going to have a big difference here I'm going to go with a 6 I, I didn't think he was um, he was he was too uh, to his to his best of standards today to be honest which I, I get the point and uh, he 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 was taken out of it to be honest. It probably could have been a black card on Jamie Malone. I think in that in the first half because he was going at such pace and it looked kind of deliberate to me. But uh, I just felt that he oh well he, he was going through and goal oh, yeah. that, that that was a that was a black card yeah it was a, he he threw the he threw his right foot in and mm. caught him with yeah. the with the hip and so, the shoulder so to knock him over exactly like to knock him over his foot yeah. it was a deliberate trip yeah, yeah. and and, and he was in on goal hundred percent so and he we, caught him just in the side of the calf yeah as well, and, and the knee and yeah it was a, it, it was it was a black. But um, I, I think a six. I just don't feel that he's just performing at, at his at his anywhere near his maximum levels, and hopefully we will see it now in the super eights because there's a, I think there's a lot more in him. Yeah, the pressure is off. They can go off and just express themselves exactly. in the super yeah. eights. Um, uh, Kieran Flynn, uh, a six and an eight, completely varying, uh, different. So I get to cast. Yeah, the you, wild eye, you, know? you get a. It's going to be if you, if you go for a seven, it's going to be a seven, so neither of them will be right. Yeah, what if he goes <laughs> for a five? <laughs> no, well, I think that that point might that, resonate. That'll just show he knows that. I'll be correct, and both of them will be incorrect. That that 
does feed my ego a lot. But uh, but I think ultimately both lads make valid points. Well fed. <laughs> but uh, both lads make very valid points. I think Brian has touched a lot of things that say deserves the eight. But Davy's probably touched some some things well that get him a six. So I think I, I am genuinely going for the seven because I think like for example like kicking a free away which was scoreable for him. But then some of his like kind of uh, piercing runs like really got him up the levels. But then as David said, he he didn't influence the play enough. So I think a seven is probably more reflective of his performance. Yeah. And I'm right, they're both wrong. Well, he gets a seven because uh, it's Even the average. He took <laughs> good points from both of us. Yeah, well, I took the best of you, and blessed be the peacemaker. You know, if you come in the middle there and be the diplomat, you know, seven. He gets a seven because we're taking the average score of the three, so a six, seven, and eight, and the average is obviously a seven. So we're going to move on now to our full forward and, uh, uh, I suppose, the highest scorer this year, I think, as well for me. Mickey Newman chipped in with one six today, Brian Kelly, and um, uh, just another really good performance from from the Kilmainham man. Look, there's only one rating counts here, and that's the man whose father taught Mickey, so we'll just pass it over to Kieran. Uh, what score are you here to give him to yourself? <laughs> I, I think, in fairness, he was excellent today. I'd probably give him a nine today. And um, David Rispin? Yeah. I would give him a nine as well, I think. Yeah. Nine. Um, Perfect. Yeah, I, one, one thing, just when he went off after the, after scoring the goal, I thought we lost a run of ourselves. I thought he, his influence in that 10 or 15 minutes prior to the goal was really, really strong. And when he went off, we seemed to struggle for 10 minutes with different things. Freeze was one thing. Yeah. And just all-round play, kind of his calm and influence when he gets the ball gets and bringing other ball. players into play and that. So, uh, really good performance. Probably his best performance of the championship, I'd, I'd suggest, maybe. Mm-hmm. So, a nine, yeah. Uh, is there any point in even asking, Kieran Flynn? We've got, it's a dead rubber score you're going to be giving us. Well, I think just to echo what two boys have said, I, I will have my say, as I've said before, Michael. You know, <laughs> I will I will not be silenced, Kevin Gorla. And uh, definitely a nine, like, but what David's about the common influence of the Moon Shore, like, when he comes on, his free take was excellent today. We've referenced it twice. Nine, definitely. Edging towards a ten. Edging. Edging towards nine. ten. Well, unfortunately, nine. the boys have already given their scores. It's, it's a nine. An if it a knee for Michal Newman um, from, um, uh, from Kilmainham. So we're going to move on now to our other corner forward, and that is James Conlon from St. Colm Kills. And we'll go to David Rispin first. Mm. Uh, the young Vanty um, chipped in with, what was it, three points today? Three points today, yeah. Um, you know, another really good performance. Had a couple of drops short, yeah. so he did. And that's probably something that we need for him to eradicate, mm. maybe to, um, you know, he has to either kill the ball or put it over the bar. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm sure. Yeah, he'll know that. And and to be fair to him, both were off his weaker left boot as well. So you know, his three points came off his right foot, and the the two that dropped short came off his left. So um, his his influence really grew. And something that I noticed, and I know we've already spoken about Brian McMahon, but the quality of ball that Brian McMahon gave him, it was kind of as if he understands being kind of a smaller man himself. The of the little man. Exactly. Like there was a few balls that went in, and there was nothing wrong with them, but they hopped and jumped over his head. Whereas yeah. when Brian McMahon kicked the ball in, he kicks it at, at a low, so that when it bounces, yeah. it bounces into him. And it made all the difference. And especially in the second half, he got real good joy getting that ball from McMahon, turning, taking lads on. I thought he was very good, to be fair. Um, he had more support inside from Mickey Newman as well today. He wasn't isolated. It helped. Um, and he could make his runs in the knowledge that he was you know, going to have support when he did get it. So I think an eight from me. An eight. Good eight. We're, we're going to go then to Kieran Flynn. Yeah, I agree. A solid eight. What David said is fair. He was getting the support. When he challenges his man and takes him on in the run, he's exhilarating to watch and exciting. That's probably one of his failings, that he doesn't do it enough. 
his ability to do it. He should challenge his man more. That he won't be as far away from the the goals then. And he, these dropping short shots against the wind won't happen if you're closer in. A lot of times he's getting pulled to the ground, and his man was on a yellow card that he earned pretty much, and he probably should have took him on more. Your man Harnett, number seven, he probably should have got him sent off, but he didn't challenge him enough. That's his mm. only failing. But a good eight again. And Brian Kelly. Yeah, um, I'm going to slightly disagree with the two lads here. Kicked three very good points, but on the other hand, he'd four misses, two short, I think a couple wide. You'd like your corner forward to be just getting their percentages a little bit higher than that. Mm-hmm. So for that reason alone, Tom O'Connor would probably kill me. Not a dub. Tom's definitely a meadman. We'd need to clarify that after last week. <laughs> uh, He's a great man for a tweet in the Facebook post. I must say some of his stuff has been golden the last few days. So <laughs> give him credit. Follow Tom O'Connor's worth it. Yeah. I, the Bulls arse is coming down. Donald Kyogen's going up and nab, and don't you worry. We'll look after that, Tom. County board's but bigger. after last week, he could be run out of Carlin's town, so just careful, Tom. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think a seven. A seven. Um, look, again, you know, he's... I, I think he's having a, a, a fabulous um, debut season for, for, for Mead and uh, he's young, he's going to learn, he's still getting, tra- like, there's another way of looking at that I suppose Brian, if you want to play devil's advocate, he's, got, he, he's he created seven chances for himself mm. at that age to be playing the corner for yeah, yeah, same yeah. against Leash, you yeah. know, like, and to be creating these chances, absolutely brilliant. Um, uh, I do see your point as well that you know we want him to get that conversion rate up and, and hopefully he will. We're going to move on now to the substitutes that were used uh, today and uh, you, you can tell me how long I'm going to go through their numbers so um, I'll go through them by number um, in the programme so you'll be able to tell me how long they had. So Ben Brennan lads uh, came on um, at some stage. Yeah, Ben came on after 62 minutes, so he probably got the guts of 15 in the end. Um, delighted from the kick a pint, yeah. took, took it really well at a time when we were under the cosh. Yeah. Every score was vital at that stage because Claire were coming strong. Um, probably on long enough to s- on long enough to rate uh, probably a seven. A seven, okay. And David Rispin, I go along with that. I think the score that he got was was crucial, and as Brian yeah. says, to to interrupt the rhythm at Claire. And uh, it was delighted for him after. You know, he, he had a tough time against uh, Dublin. It was well documented. And for him to come on and have the balls to take that on, steady up and, and get the score was a huge score for us at the time. So I think a seven is, is, a, is a good score. Yeah. Seven for Ben Brennan. Um, yeah, I, I agree. I think like Ben would have been shocked and disappointed not to start the game. But he showed the fighting spirit in himself. And he came on and he's been given his chance. So he'll, he'll fight like a dog at training now, hoping to get the starting berth again. But that seven is fair, and I'd love to see him maybe starting or at least fighting for the next day. Cool. Well, uh, ben Brennan receiving a seven for his uh, exploits after coming on as a sub. We're going to move on now to the next sub that I have uh, going numerically, and that would be uh, Graham Biggie Riley. And um, we go to David Rispin first um, on Biggie's performance. Yeah, uh, quite enough. Um, there was one stage he followed his man back and dispossessed him. It was given as a free. I, How long I, was he on for? He was on for about 25 for minutes or plus with injury time. Yeah, yeah, no, he was at 25 plus minutes. So, uh, you know, you have to rate him. Um, got back well in that stage, dispossessed, was given free against him. I thought it was really harsh. Didn't see probably enough of him going forward in an attacking sense. It was probably the way the game panned out and maybe just struggled to get into the game. But I think a six for me. Six it is. Uh, Kieran Flynn. Yeah, I think similar what David said. I don't want to be repeating what he said, but I think for once in his life he's right. But sure, uh, Biggie, Biggie would be annoyed that he didn't get on the scoring sheet and really dominate the game, which he has done against Clare so many times in the past. But at the same time, he similar to what he did against Dublin, one of his 
best features that day was he tracked back and he was damnable in defence. Like he was just hassling and fighting for every ball. And I think that's something that he was criticised for in the past, maybe not working hard enough. So hopefully he can just get his balance right and not not he's not going to be one of these uh, guys that covers ground and dogs at the back. We want him scoring the other end. So just get the balance right. Track back when you have to, but we want you on the score sheet. And what score? I said the same as same David. Very sorry. Keep okay. up. <laughs> <laughs> he said the same as David, but you, that doesn't always mean it's the same score. Oh, Brian Kelly. Yeah, I understand. Yeah, look, Sunday, July 7, 2019, it's going to be remembered for two things that were notable in the world. One, me qualified for the Super 8s, and two, David Rispin was right eventually. <laughs> yes, yeah, six. A six it is for Graham Wright. We'll move on. We'll move on now to our other substitutes uh, from the day. Uh, Thomas O'Reilly from Wolf Tones was he on long enough there to be well I suppose he was he came on twice in that so I suppose if he accumulated his minutes together he he probably was on for the 15 minutes was he the guts of it um, so you probably could he, he missed a couple of opportunities one was was uh, yeah a couple yeah so that would be two Kieran. yeah um, <laughs> we'll be looking at me we, should, we close our eyes and we'll just Talk, you know, wait till we get wait till we get a Facebook Live yeah. or a Twitter Live podcast and we'll yeah. we'll be able to see kind of the, the hand signals and the dynamics yeah, yeah. facials that go on. That's gonna so. be coming to you next week, live next week after the meet, first game in Bali Buffet next Monday night. That'll be good. Um, watch out. <laughs> it's gonna go it's oh, going <laughs> Kim Flynn is gonna host hey, it. Kieran's hosting it, not a hope of it. <laughs> It's going to be our hosting. It's yeah, just, yeah. just, just a live exclusive for the for the um, listeners that we will be going live via uh, Twitter um, next or Periscope on Twitter next uh, Monday night for uh, the podcast. Um, Actually, do look out for that one. Yeah. Um, so getting back to it's Thomas O'Reilly. Wonderful, <laughs> Thomas O'Reilly. Unfortunately, not so wonderful. No, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, wonderful is ten out of ten. But Thomas would be disappointed with his contribution. He came on probably, obviously, when Mickey Newman got the goal, he came on as a temporary sub. And maybe Thomas hasn't been the like-for-like like with Mickey all year. He's been kind of beside him in the corner, maybe more the in the kind of the working hard role. But uh, when he came on, he was tasked with taking a free and he missed on that and he'd be disappointed with his impact. When he came on the second time, though, he actually worked a lot harder. So hopefully that doesn't shatter his confidence because I think the ability is there and we know what he can do. Mm-hmm. So let's just hope Thomas gets another chance to prove his ability to the county, and he will. And a score, please. Uh, five. Five. Brian Kelly. Yeah, Thomas, when he, he was only on the pitch and he got a, a free, it was a tricky enough free, and to be fair, he hasn't been kicking frees for the county and not very much for the club either because when you're playing with the Tones and you have two wards in your team... They're two recognised free takers as well. So it's when you're not used to kicking them, it's difficult. Kicked it wide, kicked kicked another chance wide later later on under pressure. Um, probably didn't wasn't on the pitch for that long, so probably a five. A five it is then for Thomas O'Reilly, and we know that he can definitely improve, um, and definitely will improve in in the coming weeks, um, because the panel is going to be needed over the next. Uh, three uh, games in the Super 8s we're going to move on now to the next substitute that was Sean Tobin from Simonson Gales and we'll go to David Rispin first yeah it's, it's, he probably was not long enough I, I don't know does Brian have the numbers in front of us uh, time wise in that but he was one of the definitely one of the last substitutions to come on and um, uh, sorry he's just checking but here he so made, yeah sorry he came on two minutes into injury time so he, he can't he made, mark he made one telling impact though in defence where he dispossessed 
there was a kind of a bit of a rock yeah, on the ground. Yeah, he made right, a yeah. impact. So I know you can't rate him, but it's it's nice yeah, to know that, that was he, that was a good uh, a key. He a made key, a significant contribution. Yeah, exactly. Game, so. uh, but you only literally got three minutes. So yeah. Cool. Yeah. No. 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 Still good to give him the mention for his hard work. We'll move on now. The next sub that was used is number twenty-one. That was Sean Curran. Um. Again, uh, a, a, a debutant. Um. For for the year first. First time, um, even um, no, throughout league and championship. Oh, Sean, come on, last minute in the dubs, injury time sub. Oh, yes, 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 yes. Okay, okay, you know, he didn't get to score him. So, this was he on long enough to score today? Probably not, no. No, okay, and, uh, but he is getting game time, and it's great to see him getting exposure at that level. And the last of the subs that I have uh, that was used today was Shane Walsh and this is another one uh, this, this is, is the one this is the real left of field this was so left of field it was from the car park of the up of the I don't know the Crow Park Hotel like, this is was the left of the field it was, it was probably that left field it was from wherever Ethan Devine shot landed against Carlo it was as we're still unsure that's still missing persons you know but definitely Shane Walsh such a prospect like it was such a delight when we saw the, the team kind of during the week whatever we speculated about what was going on and Shane Walsh was rumoured to be in the panel and we were like Christ, that's going to be some impact because he's got such talent. He can take a free, which he scored today. He's a big, strong man, athletic. Definitely one for the future. Work him into a starting team and I, I think Donegal and other teams would not like to see him playing against them. Now. He's a bit yeah. of a wild card in every sense of the world. Yeah, um, as I said, David Rispin, he's uh, the 30th player um, that that has been used in league and championship this year by, by Mead, which is an absolutely outstanding um, statistic mm. um, and just shows you that Andy McEntee is building a squad and building a squad and giving these players that little bit of a taste little bit of a taste and making sure that he has enough players that are ready for county football yeah and he's it's almost as if he's building an army isn't it yeah. the way it's going at the minute but uh, really great to see him and I suppose when everyone opened their programmes today and seen him listed amongst the substitutes people were thinking you know, he, he's too he, early. He, no, but if if he's named there, and he's obviously thinking this fellow's going to feature at some stage, probably, mm-hmm. and and he so he did, and I suppose the responsibility for the lads to give him a pressure kick in in you know the free kick uh, on his championship debut, literally probably first touch, and he he dispatched it with minimum fuss over the blue spot as they have in Port. Yeah, yeah. Right over the blue spot. Yeah, yeah, and it was a really good free at a really important time for us. And Mickey was gone off. Thomas O'Reilly had just missed a free. It was a little bit over on the, the wrong side from him and that took it so well. Just fantastic to see him involved and I, I'm sure we're going to see more of him over the next three or four weeks as well. So uh, I, I don't know, he was only on for 15 minutes. I don't know, you probably don't want to rate him, no, but yeah, great to see him. Positive yeah, though, yeah. Very positive. So I suppose, uh, lads, that's all the players rated now for this week and great to see that we will be rating them for at least another three games. As we said already, Mead will take on Donegal in the first round of the um, Super 8s next Sunday <coughs> at 2pm in Bally Buffet. The following week, the 21st of July, Sunday, it's Mayo taking on Mead in Crow Park, or Mead taking on Mayo in Crow Park at 2pm, and that'll be followed by Kerry and Donegal. And then the last fixture, depending on which games are important and which ones aren't, and television rights and all that, will be taking place on the 3rd and 4th of August. Mead will take on Kerry in Park Tolch, and we know that, but we don't know a time or a day, which whether it's going to be Saturday or Sunday yet, and the same for the Mayo and Donegal game. Lads, it's... Um, uh, do you know, I, I, I suppose we're all... We're all absolutely over the moon, but I think we're still kind of like going, 
Jesus, it's the unknown for all of the supporters as well, I suppose. And, and, and that's a huge thing, Brian Kelly. Yeah, look, the reality is we're off on an adventure now for the next month. Three games. This time last year, nobody could have foreseen we'd been Super 8s. The county was in a down after losses to Longford and Tyrone. It just shows the improvement the team have made as a group. The confidence that you get from winning games. Yeah. Like, for another year, that loss to Dublin would have knocked the team for six. But yeah. the confidence they had built up over the course of the league, the couple of games early in the Leinster Championship, they had that in the bank. They were able to dip back into it today. Got over a very good Clare team. A lot of supporters during the week were saying to me, Mead, if they can't beat Clare, they're no good. That's disregarding the ability of Clare. Absolutely. Like yeah. Clare were All-Ireland quarter-finalist a couple of years ago, unlucky to bump into Kerry, who have an Indian sign over them, as Kerry have with most teams. We have so much to look forward to now over the next month. Donegal and Bally Buffet, we've played them twice this year. We've been the better team in Bally Buffet. We just didn't come away with the win. Crow Park, excellent for the first half. They started in the second we owe them one hell we do mm-hmm. does that mean we're going to get the win who knows but we're bloody well going to go up there to get the two points and give it, and give it our best I'd love it if we beat them I'd love it if we beat them then you've Mayo and Crow Park like we all love playing Mayo we all have memories of 96 apart from maybe from Kieran, who might still have been in nappies no, um, I, I get to be smuggled in for both games I had no ticket so <laughs> they're still looking for me the guards F- followed follow by Kerry and Navin and like what but what better than the aristocrats of the GA going together? The kingdom coming to the royals. <laughs> Can the royals topple the kingdom? Who knows? Might we be going into that game needing a win to get to the Super 8s? Might they be? Yeah, or sorry, into the semi-final. Yeah. Like, hopefully we will. And wouldn't it be a fit, Wouldn't it be a magical evening in Navin if would, that was to happen? It would. It would be absolutely magnificent. It would be just incredible. David, in the, in the last number of years... Um, I suppose in the last two years in the qualifiers Mead have come up against mm. against Division 1 opposition in Donegal and Tyrone and that's where we've I suppose where, where Mead supporters have kind of found their hope again because we've gone out against two of the best teams in the country mm. um, in last year and the year beforehand and put in our best performances of the year so for me I look at it and, and this year as well probably two of our best performances were against Donegal mm. As well, so Mead love playing against that higher level of a team. Mead love being the underdog going into a game. So this should suit them going into the Super Eights, and we could be in for three cracking games, as Brian already alluded to. I think we will be, and as you said, we can take the handbrake off now and actually enjoy the experience of yeah. what it's going to be. Uh, something that you know struck me that we mightn't have actually played as well today as we did against Throne and Donegal in recent years in Championship, and and we were actually beaten. Championship games, as we all know, are all about winning. Um, and although the performances were great against them, we were knocked out of the championship ultimately. And today we've probably not played as well, but we've got the result to get us into the Super 8s. Just, I'll just take you back to what I only watched the Dublin game last week. I could only really bring myself around to watching it again uh, a week later after the game. And I watched the analysis after the game, if that's what you could call it. Yeah. But Pat's plan, um, you know, stuck the knife into us. And uh, he, he called it Mission Impossible, Mead getting to the. Super, Super eight. eight. It's mission accomplished now, and mm. and Pat can uh, can, can show that uh, <laughs> wherever he likes. <laughs> <laughs> he can so eat a bit of that humble pie. <laughs> Kieran Flynn um, has been uh, a member of the county board. This is 
massive for everybody involved, not only the players and the management and the whole county board and the supporters, but I suppose when you're looking as well to um, rebuild Park Tolchin and, and do the whole grounds, with your juniors going well, your under-20s going well, it all has to, you know, I suppose be a positive look for, for the county board at the minute. Absolutely, and I says ultimately, myself and Brian, who who go to all these games, we always say we're ultimately supporters at the end of the day. That's our first and foremost thing, and everything we do is like we're trying to build an atmosphere and an image that we want for me, GA, like, and all the teams really are exemplifying the the idea of this. And hey, it's a term that's kind of been banned this idea of meanness, like same thing they said with Corkness well, and all that thing. You know, like, that, you know what I mean? But the idea, the, the great kind of ideals of mean football are being shown in nearly all our teams from under fourteens up, and I think. We encourage people to get behind our fundraisers, get behind the teams, support the teams, go to the games. Like the best support you can do for a team is just to show up and cheer. Like it says, avoid the some of the negativity you hear at games. I I I wouldn't sit beside these people. I wouldn't listen to them. They're horrible to listen to. But realistically, focus on the positives. Like the teams are going places. We're building a stadium. We're doing these things. We're putting number one on the government list for funding. These things are happening. We're doing these things. Support the house draw. You can win a house. You can help the bloody stadium getting built. Like it's simple stuff. Like enjoy your football. Follow the hurling. This is it. Me GA summed up. Yeah, there we go. Win a house party uh, yeah. in Mead for a hundred euro. <laughs> That's a cheap house party in yeah. fairness. <laughs> it's it's um, BYOB. Bring your own beer. Bring your own beer. <laughs> uh, again, we want to wish uh, Andy McIntyre and uh, all the lads the best of luck. Thank. Uh, Colin Nally and Mickey Newman and James Conlon for their interviews and also Barry Callan, the manager of the under-20s and Keen McBride, player with the under-20s there as well for their interviews here on We Are Mead. Lads, um, we have the Mead Juniors taking on Galway again. We just mentioned that Saturday, 1pm in Dr Hyde Park in the All-Ireland semi-final. The ladies are out. Brian Kelly, do you remember what date that was? Um, that is next Sunday at- July 14th in Ardfinnan against Tipperary. And then we've got... If the ladies play half as well as that, they'll win. And then we've got the Super 8s to look forward to. Is there any other business from the county board? Yeah, so the under-20 hurlers actually had round one of the Richie McElliott Cup and they got a walkover from Loud because Loud had no hope of winning so they just gave up, I think that, to be honest. But we're actually into the, the bones of the competition now. We're playing Kildare. The picture hasn't been confirmed yet, but it's pretty finalised, as you know, these things are, <laughs> as these things are. It's going to be Saturday evening in Thrym at 7pm at the moment. But it's so, that's, so, that's, so that's Sunday in Kilcock. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, it's pretty finalised. So you, well, see, when you, if, if you were in behind the scenes, the you, you would understand that term, pretty finalised. But hopefully get behind Vinnie Guy, Boris Mills, the Banished Door. There's five or six lads from the Christy Ring panel. Some good lads coming through. Won the minor BL Ireland two years ago. So support the herders as well, 7pm in Thrym. Yeah, absolutely. Um, any more business from the Minor County Board, Brian Kelly? No, over to David Rispin. And uh, David Rispin, we want to keep you, keep the last word to David Rispin here on the podcast. David, David any more? David, now Karen can kiss you later on if he has to. <laughs> any more business from David Rispin and the Rispin blog? Uh, no, very little for me. We're flirting with the idea of um of of a super eight competition of a super eight competition uh, in Cortown in Cortown um with 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 seven teams and ourselves to if the championship is pulled from July which is probably to be confirmed a competition with teams both junior and intermediate two groups of four will play all the games 
uh, in a group stage and the top two from each group advance, just like it is with the Super 8s over the next month to six weeks. So uh, that that's a core town. So a Cup. separate I, competition altogether. Yeah, and it's and it's basically just to give teams games whilst they're also competitive and, and would local you be games. Bringing teams in from the junior championship. Yeah, junior and intermediate. Junior and intermediate. Yeah. So you'd be mixing them up so you could be playing against someone that you could be you playing could. against later you on. Exactly. There'd be loads of flaking in yeah. that. What an idea. What so, an um, idea. Nice. Well, and Clonagale and, and being inter- uh, in, um, I don't think I don't think they, they got in. No. Uh, no. Or did I, they apply? I don't think it was an application based uh, competition. I think it was more of an invitational. In love island terms, which he loves, they just didn't couple up. No. Well, you knew that, Brian, for a man I, that doesn't watch it. I, I, I heard the court and were afraid to play them. That's what I heard. Right, right, well. And on that I note, know, well, and sorry, just one last thing. Sorry, Mickey. It, it, the cup we're playing for is, is the Johnny Henry Cup, which is obviously, um, you know, it's, it's in memory of Johnny who passed away Absolutely. this year. So it's a, it's a good cup and, and it's run through the court town uh, club. I just final thing on the been a great initiative from Glen Bay Homes for the Royal House Straw. We've had a three major competitions there on our Twitter to pick the best club player of April. So Paddy Orr from Screen won that. And Aoife Malone uh, from Dunboyne the Chocolate Air, she she picked it and she's getting a ticket. And then we had to pick online was the option to pick the best hurler of the Christering Tournament Cup and there was the best of the Leinster. So Donald Keoghan won best Leinster player and uh, Jaxie Regan Kiltail won best hurler. So all them all four of those individuals will be getting Royal House Star tickets. So Hopefully they they're they're in the pot anyway. They have a chance to win. But thanks to Glenview Homes, been a great sponsor of the house trial so far. So brilliant. Get and your ticket online, royalhousetrial.com. Yeah, get your ticket on online for the Royal House Trial. I think Brian Kelly, are you pulling over the microphone again? Yeah, I suppose um, there was a notable victory in the under twelve division two last week. St Dalton's Carthorne Gales beat Trim in the final. It's it's great to see what happens when a parish pulls together, and who knows, maybe it's a sign of what happened down the line in the future. Well done to St Dalton's Court and Gales in the under twelve final. Yeah, was that division two against yeah, yeah. yeah, and and Kieran was there to present the cup, and the lads couldn't speak highly enough of him. Yeah, brilliant, absolutely brilliant, lads. Uh, it's been an action-packed podcast this week. I'd say it's about two and a half to three hours long, um, but we do want to thank you all for listening. Remember, we are me. Why it matters more.